0: I am joined by the luckiest man in the game of predictions, Nathan Smith. How you doing, Nathan?
1: You know? This week sucked for me as a football fan. Yeah. But I just want to say that overall, I'm more uplifted than I probably should be because I might be a little delusional, but I am disappointed that, you know, the Cowboys did so poorly, but everybody did poorly. So it's just one of those weeks, I guess, for the entire NFL, except for the Cardinals actually. Yeah, except for the Cardinals, I don't. That 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 game is a mystery to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's sort of interesting because, you know, it's sort of at the point in the season where, you know, everything's just kind of like gone crazy because there's you know injuries and there's you know people missing games and stuff, and then the Cardinals are somehow the only team that's managed to like look good despite when the coach isn't there or look good when you know all of the offense is out. I mean, like, yeah. like literally this week. We'll get to the Cardinals game in a minute, obviously. But the Cardinals didn't have D-Hop, didn't have A.J. Green, didn't have Kyler Murray. And Yeah, and then, you know, one of, the, one of the running backs got injured partway through the game. And they still won very convincingly over a team, you know, that's supposed to be good in the 49ers. Again, they're not good, but they're supposed to be good. And everybody, yeah. you know, seems to think they're good. But we will we'll get to that in a minute. Let's start off with uh, last Thursday's game. We have... Colts, uh, forty-five. Jets, thirty. Um, the Jets got to play another person I've never heard of uh, at yeah. quarterback this week because the injuries keep piling up. Um, I don't get how the Jets can be so bad and also just like so unlucky. Like,
1: yeah, it's very yeah. weird. One or the other, not both. What? It's usually it's usually one or the other, not both. Like right. no, you're unlucky and you're bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like usually you look at this team and you're like, oh, this team is losing a lot because their players aren't good or their coach is bad. Or you're like, hey, this team's doing bad because they, you know, are getting injured or they're getting bad calls. It's like the Jets are just getting like everything bad against them. I don't know how you could be a Jets fan. Like, this organization is maybe the worst run in the league. You know, it's.
1: I guess if Satan is a fan of a team, he's a fan of the Jets because everything goes wrong for him. But yeah, it's like. Maybe. They just. They catch a break. Like they've both your quarterbacks get hurt. Josh Johnson starts and like again, it, there's not much you can say for them. The only thing that's a little concerning for me, if I was a Jets fan, I'm not hitting the panic button because it's early. But like again, Robert Sala was supposed to be a really good defensive coach, and the Colts, who aren't very offensively gifted, uh, put up 45. Now again, I know you don't have the mo- the best roster, and your team is su- super injured, so it's hard to make that comparison. But that's the only thing that.
2: Yeah. I would be
1: like, asking some questions as to why. And maybe there are answers to it that I haven't done enough research into because I know that a lot of their D-line is hurt. And I think some of their linebacking core is also hurt. Um, but yeah, but it's it, like a telling sign or more of like just kind of circumstantial is still to be proven.
0: Yeah, and it's like I don't think it's ever a good game when your defensive coach gives up, you know, 260 rushing yards. Like that's a lot of rushing yards. Like yeah. that's, you know... You know, and it's like, obviously, the Colts have some good players for running. I mean, you know, Jonathan Taylor is very good. Naheem Hines is, you know, I, I would say underrated. I think he's, you know, a very, you know, two yeah, a very capable kind of third down, you know, back. You know, so it's like the Colts are a good running team, you know, relative to their sort of league average. But still, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that, you know, Robert Sala comes in and he, you know, he obviously, you know, became the... You know, the defensive coach in the 49ers system, and you sort of see that, you know, those people, the 49ers people, they're all overhyped, right? You know, whether it's Lynch and Shanahan and stuff. And so I think, <laughs> and and so I think that it comes down to, right, that it's like the media kind of, you know, swept up and sort of overhyped them, you know, and Shanahan got the, you know, crazy contract extension and, you know, Sala got a head coaching job and stuff. And it's like, you know, they're not good and they never really were. I mean, like the 49ers defense wasn't like best in the league. And so it seems kinda of weird that you'd hire a defensive coordinator that coached like a slightly above average defense. You know, it it doesn't make sense that you'd expect him to come in and be your solution on a team with like much worse players, you know. So I I don't but again I don't understand, you know, a lot of the decision making that goes into being the New York Jets. Um yeah I mean
1: not, not the Jets. That's what you gotta
0: do. Yeah. Just don't take to take take a totally different job
1: alternative solution they could go to New Jersey or Brooklyn
0: mm-hmm. and call
1: themselves Brooklyn Nets and remove the J and put place with an N. yeah, then I mean, maybe people might like them
0: yeah and then and then and then they should start playing basketball too because they're obviously not yeah. go to football.
1: I don't know if they have a crazy guy that uh, doesn't want to get the vaccine on their team, but that could also fit,
0: yeah. well. It's okay, you know. Aaron Rodgers wants to leave um, Green Bay, so they can be a perfect fit. Yeah, bring bring him in, or maybe, you know, maybe bring in Kirk Cousins. I don't know. Cole uh, Beasley, yeah. yeah. Well, 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 a lot of options for crazy anti-vaxers. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Jets do better, please. Um, it's boring to talk about you every week.
1: Yeah, and the Colts also are. Again, uh they're trying to keep their hopes alive, but yeah. it's gonna be really hard uh, yeah. because you are so bad and the division that you're in is kind of seems like the Titans are running away with it. Yeah. But in mean, the bright spot, the AFC wildcard seventh seed is so pathetic that you might be able to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think that you know, I mean I mean, like all the AFC teams that are like, you know, playoff contenders pretty much all they all lost, right, except for, you know, so it's like, you know, if if you sort of look at the playoffs now, you know, it's like probably, you know, whoever loses the division between the Browns and the Ravens will probably be the 5C, but it's like the 6 and the 7 are both very open right now because teams are playing very bad in the AFC, and so there is still some hope for the Colts, and, you know, putting up 45 points is... You know, somewhat of an audition to yeah. to getting in. Um, you know, speaking about AFC teams that really underperformed randomly out of the blue, uh, we have New York Giants 23, Raiders 16. Uh, this is such a weird performance by the Raiders because they've had, like, you know, so much chaos and stuff that you think they should be, like, much better after a bye. And then they just, like, look horrible after their bye. Like teams are they supposed, just, teams are supposed to get better after their buy, aren't they? That's the point of a buy.
1: <laughs> but they've also had like a lot of like they've they've been hit with so much off the field stuff. Like yeah, they've had John Gruden. Then you have Henry Ruggs, and you have Damon Arnett as the locker room. And this is still a locker room that has Richie Incognito in it. Like this isn't
0: yeah. Like,
1: this now, is th- it's such a weird year of like off season incidents that it's so difficult probably focus and the Giants are a weird team because again the Giants aren't good but their defense is, is very solid so like I put them kind of in the same vein as the Broncos That like if you show up and you don't give your best performance they can find ways to beat you yeah I think the Raiders had a really bad game to have a off day offensively especially because they had a lot of turnovers um, and the Giants capitalized uh, which is strange because Daniel Jones is usually not one to capitalize
0: yeah, I mean, but but again, I think, that, I think you're right. I think, I think the Giants also, like, you know, their offense is, you know, not good, obviously, because Daniel Jones isn't good. But it's like in terms of some of the players, they have their, you know, Devontae Booker, K- Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney. They're all very good. And so ultimately, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, they can make plays, you know, sometimes, right, in their defense. If their defense yeah. is able to sort of keep them in the game, and that's what you saw – you know, going on, yeah, obviously, you know, part of that, you know, is forcing three turnovers against, you know, against the Raiders, you know, and keeping them, limiting them to um, only four four out of 12 on third down. You know, that's a big, big way to sort of, you know, keep the, you know, for, you know, obviously forcing them to kick the three field goals they did. You know, that's a big deal in terms of – keeping the score down, you know, because it's like obviously if you take any of those field goals and turn them into a touchdown, you know, it makes the game a lot closer than it is yeah. currently, right? And so it's like obviously that's a big part of, you know, being able to force, you know, punts or force a field goal is is a big deal. And I think they, you know, you, you know this is sort of, I think, in my mind, sort of the quintessential example of how, you know, any team can win any week, right, that the Giants yeah. managed to just like – play one of their best games we've seen, you know? I mean, again, it wasn't a crazy game for, like, Daniel Jones, but he, you know, managed to, you know, throw the ball efficiently and didn't didn't do any turnovers. Or did did, did, did he have a fumble? Is that true? Or
1: I think he had a fumble. Wait, let me check.
0: Yeah, but it's like regardless, at least in the passing game, he was able to keep, you know, efficient and didn't, didn't throw any interceptions, which is good. And... You know, they managed to run, you know, Devontae Booker, you know, managed to get, you know, 99 yards, which is good, right? So it's like the offense, you know, has managed to do just enough to sort of score after an incredible defensive performance. And so that's, you know, a a big positive for the Giants. And then, you know, at some point you got to hope that the Raiders have, you know, less chaos going on because you're right. It just seems like every week there's like a different story about like, you know, crazy stuff happening in the Raiders locker room or, you know, in the personal life of their players or coaches or whatever. So
1: I can't find information of whether or not he did fumble uh, this week. Uh, I'm going to bet that he did uh, because it's a fumble, the Giants and it's Daniel Jones, but he might've not fumbled.
0: Yeah. But I mean, still, you know, the fact that, you know, for Daniel Jones, it's a good game if it's one turnover, right? That it's like that's, you know, one of – you know, obviously, you know, not to, like, insult him, right, but it's like, you know, that that's an improvement over how he's played a lot, especially this year, right? You know, where he's throwing a couple picks and getting a fumble, right? So it's like even if it's just one turnover, that's an improvement and it's, you know, managed to keep it down, you know, and so it's like the offense managed to, like, sort of just do enough to win a game and, yep. just, and you know, obviously a, a very good performance by the Giants' defense – um, the issue is: is this defense is like pretty good? Is that why you know? I don't think they're gonna be able to keep this defense though, because I think a lot of these players are gonna go want to play on good teams. So, this is probably.
1: I think they're gonna struggle uh, in the off this year, just yeah. because they're not doing bad enough to get really great draft capital. Uh, consistently, like they're doing okay. Like they would have to keep losing. Actually, no, they're 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 not good. Like, they're in the top, top six picks right now, top seven. But, like, if they lose a lot of their defensive pieces, Daniel Jones is still a huge problem because he should – like, you have to get a new quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is sort of interesting. I'm just sort of thinking of this now, is that I think that New York would be an interesting um, landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. I know he said he wants to go out – he wants to go west, you know. And But I think that, that, you know, the Giants as a team obviously depends on what they'd have to – well, they'd have to trade to get him, but obviously the defense is very good. I think that there are a lot of weapons on offense that are, you know, sort of underappreciated now because, you know, they have Daniel Jones, right? But in terms of, you know, some of these players, so I think, I, I don't know, I, I think in a lot of ways... Think, sorry, what were you saying?
1: Well, you're, you're right. Like, they, they have a lot of things that I said. I think my biggest concern for their offensive line is so bad. Yeah. Like, they don't have to address that, but... I mean, if he's going for like a big market situation and uh, getting good weapons, so there's not many places that have those two that are better the New York. But if he's going to like try to win and be successful, I think there are other places that fit that way, a little bit better.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, I mean, and you know, we could the the interesting thing though is that you know I don't think there's really any team that's in win now mode that doesn't have a quarterback that they're, you know, one in. Wanting to stick with right you know that it's like I don't think you know after this Year either the Broncos or the 49ers are really in a Position to be in win now mode right That they're going to have you know that That it's like if you're looking you know like The Broncos You know aren't a quarterback away and You're saying oh now you have to trade stuff to get Aaron Rodgers like I think that puts them You know further You know away from being contenders And so it's 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 like It is sort of is you know, especially because you have to be traded, it really limits the ability of places you can go and make an impact immediately, right? That it's like, yeah. you know, when when Brady goes in free agency, he's able to go to, you know, basically pick his team, right? That it's like now the team has to, you know, trade stuff and get rid of stuff to be able to bring you in. And it's like, I, I, I don't know how teams are able to do that and still be contenders, but obviously that'll be, you know, sort of the drama of the off season, I guess. I mean, that's why you know, in my opinion, that that's why he didn't go anywhere this year is that there wasn't any team that, you know, felt good enough to make a deal because it's a big, big deal to bring in a, you know, veteran quarterback that you have to really be prepared to win now. I don't think there's really many teams that are actually at that level of being able to win. Yeah, like, let's win we're at that level. Yeah, because, right. you know, because it's like, you know, is, you know, is Aaron Rodgers better than, you know – a lot of these, you know, quarterbacks, you know, of course, right, you know, but is he such an improvement that it's okay to get rid of a lot of your player, you know, to get to sort of, you know, or get rid of a lot of draft picks, you know, if you're a team like the Broncos, like, I I don't think so. I don't think that, like, I don't think you put Aaron Rodgers on that team. That team is a Super Bowl contender, right? I think that they're obviously much better and they're probably, like, you know, going to win their division and they can make some room in the playoffs, but I think that there's just still so many teams that are better than the Broncos, and so that's sort of the issue when you have a, you know, huge contract veteran yeah. quarterback that, you know, it's like there's not a ton of places you can really go. So yeah. we will see on that, but for now let's jump ahead to um, the most confusing team in football again. I'm happy when they lose, though, it's uh, Falcons 27, Saints 25.
2: Yeah, excuse um, me.
0: I mean, these are two very confusing teams, actually, because the Falcons are somehow yeah. four and four, despite, and they are
1: the seventh seed right now. Yes,
0: despite the fact that they are bad, and <laughs> yeah. the Saints, you know, manage to lose to bad teams and then beat good teams. It's very weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to say. I mean, I mean, the, the Falcons' offense continues to be weird every week because, like I said, there are obviously good players. on on the offense. I think Matt Ryan, you know, he's not like as good as he used to be, but he's not you know, he's still he's not yeah, I mean he's still, you know, close to average, right? Maybe maybe he's a little below now, right? But you know, and but, you know, and then, you know, so they have Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts who are very good. Um yeah, it's just kind of weird. I mean, obviously the Saints are have having quarterback injuries, you know, with Trevor Simeon, you know, playing. But he didn't play bad, right? It's just sort of the Saints as a team, you know, was sort of the issue. I don't know. This,
1: Yeah. The the Saints are just – we mentioned, I think, earlier in the year that they just kind of have games where they play great. It's one of those games that, like, Saints kind of just played a little bit better than this Falcons team. Like, they rushed a lot better. They passed significantly worse, but they – had a lot more first downs. They just couldn't find ways to to win the game, and the Falcons didn't choke for, like, the first time ever. Yeah. They actually were clutch, which is even weirder to say. Um, but, yeah, this Falcons team is – they're kind of like um, – again, they have a good offensive system because they have Matt Ryan, who's a good quarterback, and you've got some weapons and, like, Cordell Patterson and, and Kyle Pitts that are solid. And then Olamide had a had a very good game. 58 yards, um, but they just they find ways to hang around, and the Saints didn't put them away because they don't have a great quarterback, and Alvin Kamara can't do everything, and he was didn't get that many carries, so
0: it was just yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's just weird because it's weird, it's, yeah, it's weird. because like the Saints just like got off to like just a horrible start. You know, they didn't even score until you know halfway through the third quarter, and it's like. You know, you're looking at that and you're like, wow, why are the Saints, like, this bad? And yeah. then they, like, you know, managed to turn it on and, you know, do all right in the, you know, fourth quarter. Obviously, scoring 22 points is good for a quarter, but it's like, I don't know, like, did they not take the Falcons seriously or or what? Because when it comes down to it, you look at this and you're like, you know, how, how does a team that is you know supposed to be you know well coached and well disciplined and all of this how do they just play so badly for an entire half against a team they're clearly better than right i mean you know obviously is i mean you know you look at the stats right it's like they played you know significantly better than than the falcons you know they had or i mean i, I mean okay you know they they had you know eight more first downs you know they ran like 12 more plays you know they had the ball for you know six more minutes right it's like ultimately the the, the you know statistically they really outplayed them they just couldn't get you know actual you know drive sustained in the first half and it's like that seems to be to almost be like a coaching problem in a way the team is managed problem yeah Because you look at this and you say, you know, a team that plays this good should win, you know, nine, eight, nine times out of 10 because they should be scoring, you know, you know, a team that plays as dominantly as the Saints did, you know, should be winning, you know, pretty comfortably, right? They should win by, you know, a touchdown or, you know. Something, but you know the fact that they lost just shows that they don't have the sort of discipline and, you know, control to just get the best yeah. out of every drive and every you know quarter of football, and that's going to lead you to you know lose long term. But
1: yeah, it's just again they're the Saints are luckily for them in the playoff picture, but again the the playoffs are. Kind of weird in the NFC because they they're they're two games away from dropping out of the playoffs, but again, teams like the Vikings and the Seahawks, who like the Seahawks are going to get better because Russ Wilson's coming back, the do, Vikings do you, do you, if they you, figure it out to be really good, do, like do, they do. can find out of the playoffs really quickly if they're not careful.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think the weird thing about the NFC playoffs right now is that. They're very clearly are five teams that are almost guaranteed to make it, right? You know the four division winners, and And then yeah, well, yeah, and then whoever whoever loses the NFC West between the Rams and the Cardinals, right? You know, so it's like it's like you know the the, you know it's like the three divisions are pretty much already wrapped up, right? The Bucks are almost certainly going to win, the Packers are almost certainly going to win, and the Cowboys are almost certainly going to win. You know, even after their horrible loss this week, they're still pretty much guaranteed. To win for division sucks and they have an easy schedule, but you know, we'll get to that later. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, both the Rams and the Cardinals are doing, you know, obviously not the Rams, not so much this week, but you know, the Cardinal general. And so, it really is sort of these two spots that are, you know, open for all of these teams that are kind of a tier level down, right? Which I think the Saints are in, you know, the Vikings are in, you know, the Seahawks are in now that Russell Wilson because he is back this week, right? Is that is that Uh yes, he's coming back. Okay, yeah, you know, so it's like the Seahawks with Russell Wilson are in that tier, you know, and and so you sort of look at that and you say, you know, it's you know that the Saints really need to show some consistency if they're actually you know expecting to get into one of those two spots because you know because the Rams and are sort of so much ahead of all these other teams that are wild-card contenders. There really is two spots available, and, you know, the, you, you need to show a level of consistency if you really want to be in that spot. And we haven't really seen that really week-to-week week with the Saints. Um, yeah. obvi- obviously, it, it it is tough to, you know, have a new quarterback come in and play, but, you know, that can't really be an excuse because you saw, you know the Cowboys win with Cooper Rush and you saw, you know, the Cardinals win with Colt McCoy that like, you know, you know, good, well-coached teams find a way to win with backup players and, you know, poorly coached teams that yep. are not, you know, they don't have good chemistry and are consistent. They lose when, you know, things get shook up. And so, you know, I think in some ways, you know, the fact that they struggled for an entire half of football is just, a big indictment of sort of the team culture and the way that the team works because, you know, you see other teams, you know, deal with injuries and find a way to win, you know. Uh, Brown's are another good example of that, right? And so it's like, why, you know, why can't the Saints do that? Well, you know, they should be able to. And so that's the concern for them sort of going forward and, you know, as they try to make the playoffs, I think.
1: Yeah, it is a concern that they are struggling to find ways to win. Uh, especially because, like, I don't know how much of a downgrade Trevor Simeon is to Davis. It
0: can't be that secure. Yeah, well, know. and 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 again, like I said, this like a bunch with the Dolphins this year. You know, people want to blame, you know, people wanted to blame Jacoby Brissett when he was replacing Tua. People want to blame Tua when he's playing, you know, but it's like the quarterback was not the problem yesterday for the Saints. Trevor Simeon played fine, right, you know. And the team around him didn't step up, pick up the slack, you know. And that that's the concern, right? Because it's, cause it's one thing if you watch a game and you're like, wow, that replacement player, you know, a backup quarterback just played horribly, but the rest of the team looked okay around him. Then that's something you can sort of fix when your quarterback comes back. You can't fix your team playing bad, you know, yeah, as easily, right? You know, so... Yeah. We'll have to see, you know, I can just sit here and hope and pray that the Saints, uh, you know, don't figure it out and don't make the playoffs. Um, But we'll see. Um, Heading on to definitely the weirdest upset of the week. Um, We have Jacksonville 9, Buffalo 6. What happened? Yeah, what was this game other than, you know, Jaguars, Josh Josh Allen. Allen going off? Josh Allen beating Josh Allen was Yeah, I mean he just had a he just had a great game in general though, you know, eight tackles, the interception, football recovery, a sack, like an incredible game. You know, Yeah. Maybe the football gods were like only one Josh Allen could play good good in, there, in yeah. any single game, you know. You can't, can't have two good Josh Allens.
1: That was weird. It just Again, and the Jaguars didn't like I forget how many field goals they missed, but they missed a lot. It was like, Uh, let's see. I think it was three straight. It was Um, was, One of the teams missed, I think three straight field goals, but like the bills had better offense. The bills played better offense, but they just, again, they couldn't find ways to win. They couldn't score in the red zone, which is huge against a team that is really bad. Like, you should be able to find ways to score against the Bills. Like, not the Bills, against the, the Jags.
0: And... Well, and, I, and I think what's got to be frustrating, if you are, like, the one Jaguars fan, you know, Again, they don't, they don't have any fans, so this isn't maybe a big concern, um, but it's like, Trevor Lawrence didn't look good. Like, you'd hope that when you sort of make crazy upsets, that it's because your future franchise quarterback, quarterback plays good, right? That it's, you'd be like, oh, you know, he really looked, he looked good as bad as he's looked all year really in a lot of this game, you know, and the, you know, you know, only 118 yards, that's not good. You know, and the fact that it's 118 yards on 15 completions, which means that, you know, your average completion is barely over 10 yards. You know, that's not a recipe for winning a game, right? I mean, that means a lot of his throws are, you know, checkdowns and downfield, you know, and you see, you know, the fact that like, you know, Jamal Agnew, you know, a running back, had, you know, the second most yards, yeah. you know, and he had a you know, a bunch of receptions, right? It's like that's the concern in terms of, you know, this team, right? It's like, yeah, they won, but they didn't win in a way that was them looking good outside of, like, a couple of players on their defense, right? Obviously, Josh Allen stepped up. Jonathan Ford, you know, looked really good. You know, he had the other interception. He also had six uh, or seven tackles. Uh, You know, Miles Jack is always, you know, pretty good. Um, Right. So it's like other than like a couple, you know, three or four players on their defense that really stepped up, like the team didn't look like a team that should be winning a game. And that's the concern because you'd hope that they're getting better by this point in the year. If, you know, Trevor Lawrence really is going to be the guy who turns this team around You'd hope that they're, you know, again, even if you say, hey, we expect them to lose a bunch of their games, right? Like, you know, when Peyton Manning was a rookie, they lost 13 games, but he looked better as the season went on, right? And his stats got better as the season went on. Trevor Lawrence is looking about the same every single week. And the offense looks bad, even as they managed to, you know, pick up a couple of their wins. So I don't really know what the, you know, what the next couple seasons should look like for the Jaguars because they're not good and they're not getting better.
1: Yeah. The the Jaguars are a team that really, for me, there's, I think it really starts with the head coach. I think, I think time and time again, Urban Meyer has demonstrated he is not a good leader in terms of professional football. Like he is a really good college coach because he understands that he can control everything. But
0: Well, well, and and it's also important to keep in mind that like part of being like the majority of being a good college coach. Sorry, there's people throwing things in the hallway. I don't know what that is. Uh, Part of being a good college coach, or at least most of it, is like recruiting, right? Because in college, the good teams, you know, have much better players than their opponents, right? And that's just not the case in the NFL, right? It's like even like the best teams in the league, you know, in terms of, you know, player like on paper and stuff, you know, like you yeah, your bugs. Like the bucks aren't a million times better than the Jets relative to like, you know, if you look at like, you know, Alabama when they play Kentucky or something, right? Like they're yeah. so much infinitely better, right? Alabama has a, you know, starting roster where, you know, probably of the 22 starters on Alabama, you know, in any given year, you know, probably 18, 19 will be, will have, you know, real NFL careers, you know, multiple seasons and stuff whereas everybody in the NFL is good and so it's like you can't rely on just like getting the best players to come play for your program because you have like prestige, right? Which is like a lot of what Erbmeyer was he was like, you know, everyone sort of talks about him as like, you know, one of the best recruiters of all time. But like that's not a yeah. skill that you need in the NFL, right? Like obviously, you know part of being a college coach is actually, you know, calling the plays and you know drawing the schemes and stuff. But that's like about half of being a college coach where well, that's, like, all of being an NFL coach. Yeah. I mean... And, and, I mean, and organizationally,
1: he, he didn't have to... Again, recruiting, you have that power, whereas, like, the Jags, you don't. Like, you went from Ohio State to Jackson. Like, you went from the biggest name in college football, arguably, or one of the biggest names in college football, to the smallest franchise in pro professional. It's very hard to make that adjustment. Yeah. I and mean, you're not... You, that
0: mentality. Well, yeah, and it's like everywhere Urban Meyer's been since he's been successful. You know, when he was at Florida, when he was at Ohio State, yeah. Again, when you're like one of the top couple names, it's a lot easier to get people to come. Whereas it's hard to get you know free agents to want to play in Jacksonville. Like I wouldn't want to even visit Jacksonville, much less you know go move there and get a job there. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I think that you know the issues with the Jaguars go extremely deep. I mean, the fact that Durbin Meyer got hired, you know, shows a level of not understanding what it takes to be successful from sort of the ownership and the upper management, you know? And I think that, you know, it's an example of, you know, you see, you know, Shad Khan, the owner. Yeah. Like, you know, his team that he owns in England is like perennial, you know, screw-ups and failures. So it's like, I think that there's a level of, you know the team is managed poorly which is why they hired a coach that is not suited to coach and yeah. you know because of that then their poor management and the poor coaching they built a team that is not good and you know i, I mean again I, especially i feel bad for Trevor Lawrence because yeah. you know time and time again we've seen the best quarterbacks in the NFL either go to a team with a with a coach that is really really good and focused on player development or they go and they sit behind a veteran quarterback and Jacksonville not only doesn't have any of that in terms of they don't have they don't have a veteran coach who really understands and knows what he's doing they don't have you know they don't don't have have a veteran who's like a starter who you know is able to take over and show that way but also like there's just no, there's not. I mean, I mean again, you know, the other quarterback on the roster in Jacksonville is C.J. Beathard, right? And like, I yeah. I, I don't mean to be offensive to C.J. Beathard, but he is he's not, not he is not somebody that you want, you know, your quarterback to be sitting and learning from, right? And obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence is starting because he's better than Beathard, but it's like even if you know, you know, for example, like when You know that you know when, um, when you know even if a rookie quarterback is starting, you want to have you know maybe a veteran quarterback on the team who's able to you know help them learn and stuff. Even if they're you know maybe not good enough to be playing anymore, but it's like C.J. Beathard was never a great quarterback. He doesn't seem to be somebody who has an incredible mind for the game, and so it's just all of those things are concerning to me. That it's like I worry that Trevor Lawrence is growth is really going to be stunted this year and that's disappointing because he's such a generational talent he was in college that it's like if he can't get off to a good start in the NFL because he plays on a horribly managed team you know that's that's going to be disappointing for him and for you know fans of the game that want to see you know good quarterbacks be good
1: yeah it is going to be like again it's organizationally the jets jets and the jags both teams are a mess and so to me it's it is hopefully that these teams can kind of learn how to be successful. It's not, it's really hard to do, but I hope that both these teams can continue to grow because I would love to see these teams that are smaller markets kind of break out a little bit, but at the end of the day
0: Nathan, they have
1: issues at all levels of the organization and the game to do that.
0: Did Nathan, did you just say the Jets are a small market team?
1: The Jets, yes, they are not a small market team, but they are a small team.
0: Yes, no, historically bad teams, I think, is what you yes, meant to say. Yes, I did. Teams with smaller fan bases, maybe. Yes. Um, also, Jackson. Also, Jacksonville is the largest city in Florida, so. Um,
1: yeah, I guess so.
0: Not, not, neither one is really a small market, but I, I, I do get what you mean. Sort of these less successful you know, franchises maybe with smaller fan bases that don't, you know, that don't attract yeah. a ton of teams. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think it, it is nice to sort of see, you know, teams that are, you know, especially in our lifetime teams that have historically underperformed do better, with, you know, including what we'll get to right now with the Browns, right? It's like it's, it's just sort of fun to root for a team, you know, if, if you don't have a rooting interest in a game to root and be like, hey, I want this team to succeed because yeah. I haven't, right? And it's like that's why, you know, you know, I think you see a lot of people getting really hyped when the Browns do well. Is because for that same reason, right? It's a team that just hasn't hasn't done well historically, and it's fun to see them yeah. win. Yeah, you, you hope these teams can figure it out. I mean, given the ownership of the Jags and the Jets, uh, I don't have any hopes of them figuring it out anytime soon. But uh, we will see. Uh, also,
1: speak on the briefly. I don't know what like the Bills got to figure out what's going on because their their offense this year has been inconsistent at best. Like yeah team that has Josh Allen, that has the weapons that they have, and whose defense, like, again, last year their defense was bad. That was the reason they lost in the playoffs. Like, this year their defense is stepping up and playing really, really well, and they're still losing, like, or still not playing up to their talent. Like, they've got to figure out what what's going on, whether it's, like, Josh Allen is just, like, not going to always be that consistent great or whatever. But this team is – like again, it's a wake up call to lose to a team as bad as the Jags, right? And especially to do it in, like not when like like when the Bengals lost last week to Mike White having a great game,
0: like right?
1: They lost to a Jags team that missed a bunch of field goals and had a bad quarterback play from from uh,
0: Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, well, and well. Exactly. Right. You know, it's it's like, you know, yeah, when Mike White comes in and he plays in his first ever NFL game and plays amazing, It's like you can't plan for that. You can't predict that. But the Jaguars didn't do anything that they haven't done every single game this year. Right. It's like the defense may stepped up and made a couple of big plays. But, you know, even some of those were because the Bills offense was so bad and then you know the jaguars didn't go off on offense i mean you know they only scored 9 points i mean the fact that you know if your defense can hold the other team to you know a un- single digit points you know th- they held up their end of the bargain for sure right i mean it's like i always say you know if you know if the other team scores less than 20 points your defense held up their end of the bargain right that it's like you know modern nfl teams should be able to score 20 points in a game right and so it's like if your defense holds a team to under 20 you should win that game they've done their half the you know yeah. the bills defense did even better and they held the jaguars to under 10 points right so you know twice as good as what the defense needs to do to win the game for you and the bills yeah so it's like i, I yeah i don't know what i don't know what the issue was on offense for the bills but they need to figure it out because i mean again they still have a chance to like be the one seed because the afc is so chaotic this year But they're not going to be able to do that unless they figure out how to get their offense to – because their offense has looked good in a lot of these games. It just also looked bad in some of them as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, they get a chance to play another horrible team this week. So, you know, maybe it's a chance to figure it out or they're just going to, you know, lose again to a horrible team. Who knows? That will be the question for this week. Um but let's jump ahead um, to the Browns 41 Bengals 16 um yeah Bengals continue to look bad you know two weeks in a row now which is a Weird
1: little a little con- the top. Yeah I've seen two weeks ago
0: Yeah I mean it's just sort of concerning to me as you know trying to look at them as a team long term because it's like obviously the way we've seen them play earlier this year we know they can be good but you know they're just showing this sort of a level of you know not being able to be good week after week and you know that's what you need to do if you're really going to be a team that's going to be challenging for the playoffs and it looks like they're really kind of a step below the play you know the teams that are looking to like merely make some playoff way if so i don't know
1: I think the big thing that I believe has happened with this team, I think people figured out the defense is not as good as it was playing. Like, the for whatever reason, the Bengals had not been getting away with, but their defense had been playing, like, super, super well or, like, above their pay grade and punching above their weight. Yeah. And I think the last two weeks we've seen against the Jets and now against the Browns, like – their defense is not that good because like in the year started i thought the defense wasn't going to be that good they didn't have the talent and the pieces to do it yeah and i think it's kind of proven to be true that their defense is kind of re- like you say regressed to the mean of their overall talent and that's where the Bengals then have to rely on where they are talented which is their offense but again right you know, yeah Burrow, the story here and he's been trying to carry this team and that doesn't work every week You you can't always rely on your superstar quarterback to carry you to win football games because you will lose a lot of football games because they will throw a pick or the defense just generates pressure and you don't really know why. Like, yeah. I think that's the story for the, the Bengals.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that, you know, the Bengals, defense was able to overperform quite a bit at the beginning of the year and the Bengals sort of won relying heavily sort of on that defense. And that works if your defense really is legit. But their defense isn't legit, and so it comes down to when the defense. You know, I mean, the defense didn't even play. You know, horribly for you know parts of this game, but just you know, you know, you know, when when the defense got beat. I mean, you know what the the pass to Peoples Jones was like sixty yards or something. The touchdown, right? You know, yeah. and so it's like just you know the Bengals, you know, letting up a big, huge play like that, or, you know, you know, there was like one of Nick Chubb's runs that was like 20 yards that he got was just because like, you know, huge miscommunication on the defense, right? And it's like defense is sort of, you know, bound to make some of those mistakes, but then all of a sudden you're relying on your defense because that's sort of the system that they want early in the season. That doesn't work if your defense is, you know, playing, you know, back to sort of its level that, you know, again, was sort of where we thought they were going to be, which was, you know, a, you know, right around average, maybe a little below. But then when they're playing, yeah. you know, like a top 10 defense the first, you know, four or five weeks of the season, then they sort of learn to rely on that. And you can't do that if, unless they're going to play that good all year. And obviously they haven't the last few yeah. weeks. And that becomes the issue. Um, yeah, I mean, also... You know the Browns' line is like the best in football, and you know anybody seems to be able to run the ball. I've seen an incredible performance by uh, by Nick Chubb. I mean, he's he seems to be getting he seems to be getting better. Um, without Hunt there, which is sort of surprising, and I guess you know he sort of gets to come up and be a sort of full time. You
1: know, yeah, I think you more opportunities to pass to to catch passes out of the backfield and run it. He's just, he's that dominant that he doesn't need a number two.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the, 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 I, he, he sorts to gets to be, like, a full-blown a full blown number one, which he doesn't get to be, you know, the, that, you know, when it's Chubb and Hunt, they're sort of, you know, 1A and 1B, and now Nick Chubb gets to be, you know, an actual number one back. And he's, you know, looked very, very good, you know, the last couple of weeks. Um, I think another great thing, um, sort of the an underrated aspect of the Browns offense is the number of people that got the ball, you know, you know, eight different receivers caught at least one pass, you know, five different receivers caught, you know, multiple passes and nobody caught more than three, which is, you know, a good stat in terms of they're distributing the ball. And I think that, you know, people talk a lot about, you know, how, why are the Browns better when Odell Beckham Jr. is not in the roster. And I think that's a part of it that, you know, there's nobody on the team, you know, that really has that ego now outside of, you know, they don't know that Adele's gone. Nobody has that ego that they need to be the guy catching the ball and scoring all the time. that people are okay, you know, to get, you know, one or two receptions, you know, in the game. And that's all that they really need to, you know, be happy and make a difference, I think. So,
2: yeah.
0: Um. You know, when it comes down to it, um, I think that that you know this performance by the Browns was was a was a very good performance by them, you know, and to be able to put up, you know, obviously they had you know the the defense scored a touchdown, which is you know big, but just the way the offense you know clicked, you know, finally after all those injuries, you know, for everybody to look like they're playing back, you know, pretty much to their full. But capacity is a big deal, yeah. I think.
2: Yeah,
1: and, and this Browns. I, I think this is a great game for the Browns personally because not only is it a a division rivalry where you maybe get yourself potential of being one of because I think the bottom team of this division will not make the playoffs. Yeah. And so you you kind of submit yourself that way, and but again, both sides of the ball played really, really well it is a win against a potential playoff team that you can look back on and say, like, hey, we're developing something here and they can build momentum from this game. I think that will be a big deal for this Browns team because, again, not one single player had, like, a breakout amazing game that caused them to win. Like, Baker Mayfield only threw 21 passes and Nick Chubb only had 14 carries. But that also says a lot of, like, wow, this team really dominated because not a single player had, like, an amazing, like, just game where they completely took over individually. So the whole team played really well and came together to blow out the Bengals, which is really, really good. Yeah. For them.
0: Well, well, and I think, you know, you, you see a lot of times that people talk about, you know, like division games sort of count double, right? That like, you know, yeah. not only are you winning, but you're forcing, you know, someone who's a contender for your division to lose, but not only the Browns and the Bengals are, Rivals for the division winner, but they're also rivals for a wild card spot potentially right because obviously like the Ravens Still probably I think are probably the favorites to win the division, right? So it's obviously, you know Either of those three teams could win the playoffs and then probably at least one of them will be a wild card And so in a lot of ways a game like this counts triple if you're the Browns right that it's like not only are you getting a win? but you're giving a loss to somebody who's a rival for your division win and also somebody who is a rival for the wild card spot that you're also contending for. And so it's a huge win from that perspective, you know, that, you you know, it's like it's one thing to beat bad teams, but to beat teams that, you know, are close to or at least theoretically close to your same level, that's a big deal.
2: Yeah, I
1: would agree.
0: All right, uh, next up we have uh, New England Patriots 24, Panthers 6. Um, Sam Darnold got, um, you know, a throwback nightmare to that he was back on the Jets and had yeah. a horrible game. Uh, three interceptions, very bad. Um, I mean, McCaffrey was back and it didn't seem to matter, you know? Like... That was sort of a lot of the talk, I think, at the beginning of the year was, you know, hey, you know, when McCaffrey's there, you know, Darnold is good enough to not, you know, put the team in jeopardy, right, that he can sort of let McCaffrey win the game. But it, that didn't matter. McCaffrey was back, and they looked as bad as they have all year. So,
1: Yeah, it's, again, I think the Patriots, like you said, Sam Darnold had the horror story of coming back to being in New, New York, but... The Panthers had the horror story of realizing that they might have gotten New York Sam Darnold. Like, he's just – they just signed Cam Newton this year or this uh, this week, I think like a couple hours
0: ago. Yeah, I was going today wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that was today. They just signed him to pick him back up. And, again, that says a lot when you're like, hey, the guy that you actively ran out of town two years ago, you went and picked him back up because you thought the replacement was going to be better and they're not. Like, this. Again, the Panthers defense plays solid. They generate some turnovers. They hold this team down a little bit. And then they Sam Darnold is just that bad. Like Yeah. I think it's official to say Sam Darnold is a bust. Like he is just not a good quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, and 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 he's injured now. He's on the IR, which is why they brought Cam Newton in. Yeah. But, you know, still it's like to me, you look at this and you know, it's like, I don't know what the Panthers expected. Like, Darnold was, was never good on the Jets. And he comes here and he, you know, looks like he always did. And it's like, I don't know why you would give up so much as the Panthers did. You know, it's like they had Teddy Bridgewater, who's at least the same level as Darnold. If not, I would say, you know, he's looked better at times in his career, right? I mean, it's like, you know, sure, neither one of them is going to be the guy who's going to bring you a Super Bowl but it doesn't seem like make it make a lot of sense for you to trade a bunch of, you know, picks and stuff to bring in a guy who is, you know, not never been anywhere close to average, much less good. Right. Like he's been bad for almost his entire career. He's been like, you know, in the bottom five quarterbacks every year. So the Panthers, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very, very weird situation. Um, Yeah, I mean, with the Patriots, um, again, Mac Jones looked probably one of his worst games this year, but the team is really built and set up to, you know, succeed, you know, sort of almost despite the individual players on the team, right? I mean, it's like nobody on the Patriots had a good game, you know, Mac, you know, he was okay, you know, in terms of his things obviously, you know, having the interception, that's not good. And, you know, obviously he only threw the ball eighteen times, which is, you know, a very low number. You know, and like, you know, Damian Harris, you know, averaged two yards a carry. You know, that's that's pretty bad, you know, and and like all of this, but still at the end of the day the Patriots, you know, have a have a game plan that really suits the team as a whole and finds a way for the team to win regardless of the individual players, which is, you know, yeah. What a good coach does, you know, to contrast to contrast this with, you know, the Saints performance, right? That it's like the Saints have, you know, a better team in terms of player, individual players than the Patriots, you know? And it's like, I don't think Simeon is, you know, very different from Jones in terms of, I don't think, you know, he's better, but I don't think he's, you know, particularly worse. I think it's a very similar level. Yeah. and the Patriots managed to build a game plan that allows them to, you know, get off to a good start and sort of keep the foot on the gas for the entire game. And the Saints build a system where they don't even score until, you know, yeah. two-thirds of the way through the third quarter, right? And it's like, that's the difference between a team that is, you know, a, the, like a system that, you know, really works and manages to, you know, fit to the strengths of the players and be better than the sum of the parts versus a system yeah. that, you know, is reliant on individual players to, you know, be there and win the game for the team. And it's like, obviously, you know, are the are the Patriots, you know, going to win the Super Bowl this year? No, but are they going to exceed expectations? Of course they are, because expectations were low because you look at the players on the team and they're not great, but they have a yeah. system that really works and, you know, makes the team perform better than... The individual pieces for sure
1: yeah it just the the Patriots as a team are so well structured around their defense their defense is playing lights out right yeah Um, and holding teams down because of it uh, that Mac Jones again they're the only team that apparently figured out how you handle a rookie quarterback which is you let them succeed by putting pieces around them so they have opportunities to not be embarrassed and not be thrown to the wolves immediately. Right. When you get a guy at defense that can hold your teams out of games, you don't need to have him throw 30 times, 40 times a game. Yeah. You then can have a good run game with a good offensive line that can protect your team. Like, you're not putting your quarterback in dangerous spots so Mac Jones can develop because what he's very good at is his precision middle and short range passing in the pocket. So give him those throws, and you can let him develop the deep throws and the the outside-the-pocket stuff over the next couple years. So I'm very impressed with the way the Patriots handled this. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, and it's like exactly. Like, ultimately, you know, before Mac Jones is going to be an MVP quarterback, before he's going to be a quarterback on a team that's going to win a Super Bowl, yeah, he's going to need to get better. But, you know, the way that you get somebody to improve is by having them do stuff they're good at until they're confident in that, and then you slowly add more stuff over a period yeah. of time. And, yeah, I mean, you know, that's not what you see, you know, them doing with Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, right? It's it's just – it's not good. Whereas, you know, in New England, obviously, yeah, they, they're not going to win with this offensive system. But this yeah. offensive system, you know, maybe in three years is going to evolve into a system that could win them a Super Bowl, you know, with Jones as the quarterback. Whereas it's like, you know, you know – there's no way that, you know, it's like, it's like, I don't see how, you know, Fields or Lawrence are getting are getting very much better, if at all, by the way they're playing, you know, system-wise. So that's sort of the challenge long-term, I think, is, yeah. you know, how can you get a quarterback to get better? And the Patriots seem to have a strategy that's at least getting them to, you know, getting Mac Jones to look the best out of any of the rookie quarterbacks. We'll see how that goes. You know, yeah. In years to come, we will see. We uh, shall indeed. All right, let's jump on to uh, the game that you wish didn't happen. Uh, we have uh, Denver Broncos thirty, Cowboys sixteen. Um, so, I'll give you the floor. Uh, what, what happened in this game?
1: <laughs> I I think there's really no other way to say it than they, the Cowboys just came out. Bad. like everything that happened uh, with, with everything that could go wrong did go wrong. The defense played really poorly. The offensive line which was having some minor issues with injuries didn't play well and Tyron Smith who is one of the best offensive linemen in the league sat this game out and they just exposed that left tackle spot um, especially because like Lyle Collins came back from suspension slash injury so he was playing back at his natural spot right tackles and Terrence Steele's put out there and he just totally out, out of his out of his league right over on the left tackle. And then Dak Prescott comes back from, like, three weeks of not playing because he came back from the bye week and then didn't play. like And he didn't play for two weeks, and he. that's what kind of you expect from a quarterback that doesn't play for two weeks is, oh, they're bad. Like, they don't play well. And it also didn't help that your running game was stifled because your offensive line was struggling. I mean, Zeke had decent carries, but when you get down so early, so quickly, you can't run the football. And like, it also didn't help that there were like, I counted like four or five dropped passes, like passes that hit receivers in the hands and they just dropped them. Like, I think the main thing to take away from this game as a Cowboys fan is that this is what happens when quarterbacks miss time. And like when all those analysts are like, oh, Dak should sit out, Dak should keep sitting out, is like that you just can't do that. You lose, it is hard to win in this league and it is hard to be on time and in pace with your receivers and you miss multiple weeks it's you just you lose that rapport yeah so
0: i think this team yeah i mean i mean and and we will we will get to that in a a minute more sort of in depth with the packers right of like you know the aaron Rodgers, he's going to be out you know he can't practice until you know until sunday you know until saturday night like he can travel with the team and that's it right you know he can't do it at all practice this entire week which is the same sort of thing right the people are like Oh, he'll be fine. He'll just it's like no, you can't just step right back in, right? It's like even having a week off, even having you know a couple of days off, it can really be the difference, right? And it's obviously you know Dak Prescott, you know he because he he only missed one game, right? But he because he, he he just missed the one game, but then obviously there was the bye week in there, and then he didn't practice for some of the other week, yeah. So it's like you know two and a half weeks maybe of him not practicing with the team and not being able to maybe even to, you know, play a hundred percent even when he has been practicing and that it's like, the, the, that's sort of the difference. And, and, it, and, I think, I think you're totally right. That sort of the, that at least, you know, my take of it was, you know, basically everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Cowboys. Yeah. Right. That it's like, you know, you know, you know, Dak obviously played pretty bad, you know, some of that obviously he's come back with the injury the running game just couldn't get started. And I think that, you know, especially with Ezekiel Elliott, you know, that he's a guy who, like, you know, when he's doing good, he, you know, he just seems to get better every play when he's doing good. But then when he, you know, gets off to a slow start, you know, then he it's harder for him to get going, you know, after that. Yeah. So maybe it's a confidence thing or, you know, I don't know what it is. And obviously he able to, he was able to get a couple of big runs, so his average looks better than it actually was in the game. Um, I think I think that's all true. I think part of it also is that you saw that, that you know, Trayvon Diggs obviously has looked very good with his interceptions this year, but you saw that, you know, he tried to take too many, you know, risks of jumping routes and stuff, and he got beat, you know, two or three times pretty bad. And, you know, that's sort of the way that, that it works, right? That it's like, you know, yeah, some weeks he's going to make, you know, if he keeps playing that way, some weeks he's going to look really good and make crazy plays, and some weeks he's he's going to, you know, get totally destroyed like he did this week. You know, and so it's like take all that together, and you you know take out you know some of the good players on the line. It is it, it it is tough. I mean,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, I, I mean. I, I, oh, you can go, we well,
1: Again, and I don't want to take away from the Broncos. The Broncos played very very well. They game planned super well their secondary stepped up they had a lot of pass breakups and again the, the Broncos earned this win and i yeah. think that it it shows in the league like again you don't get a unless you're the bills apparently you don't get to play the the jets and the jags every week like yeah. if you have it against most of the teams in the league like the Broncos or, or or like the giants or even like the falcons who aren't these like really great teams but they have good players and they have pieces around them you can't have off games because if you play bad, these teams are going to punch you in the mouth, and that's what the Broncos did. They they absolutely just punched the Cowboys in the mouth, mm-hmm. and like the, the 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 Bills like got away with the fact they played the Jags. They only scored nine. Get a team like the Broncos, the Cowboys played like the Bills this week, and they got thirty hung on them. And that's just kind of the way that this the NFL usually works. You can't play bad against even not great teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's also some concern, you know, in that it's like everybody seemed to play bad this week, right? That it's like, you know, you could sort of get away with, you know, your quarterback playing bad if you're, she picks the slack. But nobody picked up the slack, you know. Obviously, a lot of it was, you know, probably, you know, a lot of the sort of slack, you know, initially was caused by Dak, you know, being a little bit out of it and not, you know, necessarily coming back at 100%. But then, you know, the rest of the, you know, it's like nobody picked up that slack, right? The running game couldn't get going, and you know the defense, you know, made some pretty some pretty big costly mistakes, and you know, yeah. you know, ultimately I don't think there's a ton to read into it because it's like, you know, I think that the Cowboys, you know, have the ability to, you know, bounce right back. And again, like I said, like I say every week, the Cowboys have the easiest schedule in the league, so there's not a whole lot to worry about. Um, you know, it's just that you know, it shows the importance I think of you know, a team practicing together and not, you know, and the, the the problems that can happen with injuries and with, you know, players taking time off is that, yeah. you know, you, there, there's no substitute for actually practicing together as a team. You know, you no, can't, no, yeah. there's no amount of, you know, it's like I'm sure that Dak was, you know, watching a film and he was studying all that stuff when he was injured. Like I'm sure he was doing everything, but there, there's no substitute towards actually playing with your teammates. There's no substitute. Yeah. You know, you see this in every single sport, right? There's no substitute towards you and your teammate playing together, right? You can watch yeah. as much film as you want. You can, you know, practice your own skills, you know, by yourself all you want. That's great. That may make you a better player on the margins, of course. But what's gonna what's what there's no substitute for a good player playing with his teammates and creating chemistry and timing and all of these things. And that's what happens when you miss almost three weeks of time, you're not going to be good right away. So hopefully, you know, for your sake at least, that he's, you know, practicing a lot with the team this week and they'll be able to, you know, get back on on Sunday this week. Um, We will have to see. Uh, Let's jump ahead to another game. It seems like every single week one or both of these teams is in overtime. This week they're both in overtime, of course. They play each other. We have Ravens 34, Vikings 31. What a weird game.
1: The Vikings thing and choked. I cannot believe it. I can believe
0: it. Yeah, I was going to say, it should should be pretty easy to believe it since it happens every single time.
1: Yeah. It's just... Again, the Vikings play super well in the beginning, and they have a pretty good lead, and they find a way to lose because they start playing super conservatively and just fall apart. And a lot of that falls on Kirk Cousins, a lot of that falls on their defense, and a lot of it falls on Mike Zimmer. But, like, I just, I can't, I don't understand how this team is only three and five when they've been in one possession games, I think, every single week.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing, right? It's, like, the difference between, literally, like, every single, this is a perfect example of of the concept, right, is that every single week it seems like the Ravens win a close game and every single week it seems like the Vikings lose a close game. And so this was like halfway through the fourth quarter. I was watching this with some friends, yeah. and you know, and I, and I, and we're, you know, and somebody said, "Oh, you know, this game is probably going to go to overtime." You know, it's right towards the end of the game, and I was like, "Well, they, they, we know the Ravens are going to win because the Ravens win every week in overtime, and the Vikings seem to lose every week in overtime, right?" And it's like. I mean, literally, like, like again, the Vikings are three and five, and the Ravens are six and two. These are very similar teams in terms of skill level and player talent and stuff. But the difference is, is that the Ravens win games and the Vikings lose them, right? It's like that seems like a simple thing to say, like obviously, like that's the difference between a good, you know, a team that wins a team that loses. But you know, is it? You know, it's like I don't really know. Like, is 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 there a way to like quantify the difference between? you know, the different teams, I don't know, because it's like, I don't, you know, I don't think the Ravens are particularly better than the Vikings, they just sort of seem to manage to yeah. close out games better, which...
1: Yeah. Well, it's also like, the Ravens have an issue of like, again, as this team that's leading the AFC North and is the second overall team in the play AFC playoff picture, well, they might be number one, I let me check actually, I think they are...
0: The number, yeah, they're number two. Titans are the one suit right now, right?
1: Which is crazy, uh, but like they are getting bailed out again and again by teams falling apart or them like rallying behind a great Lamar Jackson play here or there. And that's just, again, I, I, that formula does not work in a playoff seating where you're playing against teams that aren't bad, like, or aren't teams that are, are less likely to fall apart because they're well organized and well run. You can do that once. You can maybe do it twice, but like, even in the, the the Kansas City Super Bowl run that they had where they did that every game they got kind of lucky that they played like the Texans who are pretty dysfunctional and like if you play against the, the current AFC playoff picture which is like the Chargers the Titans and the Bills and the Raiders and the Steelers like the Steelers are well run and have like solid like structure the Chargers showed solid structure this week and the Titans have shown solid structure despite losing their best player. You can't do three comebacks in a row of like, oh, we play bad, and then we play great one half. Yeah. Like, and then you go to the NFC where the top five teams are all super well run. I just they can't – it's not sustainable that
2: way.
0: Right. No, I, I think you're right. I think I think they definitely – you know, the difference, right, is that you talk talking about some of these teams that have like struggled with week-to-week consistency. What the Ravens struggle with is, you know, play-to-play consistency, right, that they will look good, you know, on one drive – look good in a quarter, look good in a half or whatever. And then the next time they're out with the ball, they look worse. And, yeah. you know, that's the issue, right? Is it obviously like they have very, very good players. You know, Lamar Jackson is, you know, when he's playing good, he's, you know, one of the best quarterbacks. Obviously, he's a unique sort of way in the he plays. But, you know, when he's playing good, he looks very, very good. You know, they have very good players. You know, Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown are very good you know offensively obviously their defense is very good good they have the best kicker in NFL history on their team right but it's like if they can just be consistent you know if they can play as good as they've looked in spurts if they can play as good as that for an entire game yeah. they're a very scary team right this is a team that you know if they get it all together for an entire game they could be any team in the league comfortably right like this is you yeah. know in spurts, they've looked like probably the best team in the league. But then, you know, in sports they've also looked like a below-average team. And that's that's the issue for me, you know, trying to look and, you know, project them to do well long-term. It's like I can't do that until I really see the play-to-play consistency. You know, obviously, yeah. they've, they've gotten very lucky to be 6-2, and two, but they're still, you know, it's like...
1: They're still a dangerous team. Like, they're yeah. so good.
0: Yeah, but it's like what separates them from the Vikings in terms of, you know, how they've looked this year is really not a whole lot even though their records are totally opposite, right? Even though even though the Vikings are 3 and 5 and the Ravens are 6 and 2, it's like it's still like the difference between the two teams is not that much in terms of their performance on the field. And it's like, you know, yeah, you feel bad for the Vikings because not only do they have the toughest schedule in the league, they also just have like the worst luck in the league it seems. Yeah. And so it's like you know a little bit disappointing if you're a Vikings fan, but it's like if you're a Ravens fan, it's like you need to look at this and say, we really need to improve, or else we because we can't win you know in overtime every single week by a you know crazy field goal by the best kicker in NFL history. That's just, that's just not sustainable long term.
1: Yeah, it's just it really isn't. Um, and-
0: all right, ooh, we have some breaking news. Um, oh. um, Odell signed for the Rams.
1: Yeah, the Rams. I I just was uh I don't I was gonna bring that up when we talked when we talked about the Rams, uh, but like yeah he just signed with the uh, he just officially signed he, there's been rumors all day yeah And it was like pretty much confirmed but yeah I, yeah I,
0: I, I was gonna say it's like six, six minutes ago I just notification popped on of my phone uh, we yeah, we can talk about that when we talk about the Rams uh going forward but I just Thought it was interesting, but first we got uh, Dolphin seventeen, Texans nine. I think this is an example too about like a player, you know, being out for a long time. You know, can't just come back and be. It's like Tyrod Taylor, you know, looked good at the beginning of the year. He looked pretty bad today or this week, but I think a lot of that is just, you know, it's tough to be out for, you know, six weeks or whatever he was out for, and come back. I mean, I, I really don't know what to think about the Dolphins. I mean, they continue to look bad, but you know they got to win, so I guess that's a positive.
1: I mean, this, is the, this game had five total interceptions. Yeah. I'm trying to see any fumble loss. Three fumbles lost for the Dolphins. Yeah. So was,
0: yeah, yeah, there it, 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 was a total
1: of four plus four, five, nine. Four, four plus
0: five is nine. Good, good job, Nathan. I'm glad you're. You know.
1: You. <laughs> Thank you skills are yeah, showing right show
0: your quality education you received. Um,
1: yeah, very, very solid. Uh, American public education does a good job.
0: But it, five thumbs up. Um, it, but it's just again, this is
1: just a sloppy game. It's kind of one of those situations like one team had to win and I guess the Dolphins found a way to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's like the difference is the Dolphins managed to get touchdowns where the Texans were forced into field goals, right? And a lot of that comes, you know, on the fact that, you know, the Dolphins just had a, you know – I mean, the, the Dolphins had eight more first downs than the Texans. And it's like that's sort of the difference in a in a game between two teams that aren't playing great, right? It's just where sort of like who can make the most of their, you know, couple good drives, right? And It's like the Texans had, you know yeah. – Texans had three good drives. They just all ended in field goals, right? Whereas the Dolphins had, you know, three good drives and two ended in touchdowns, right? And it's like, that's the difference between, you know, winning and losing. Um, yeah. Game, you know, these sort of close, really, really bad games. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, an offense should score about 20 points in a game. Neither team did it in this game. So, you know, two bad performances all around. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Tua, you know, is out again with injury. It just seems like, you know, who knows what his situation is with all the injuries he's had going forward. It's pretty crazy.
1: These two, again, like, I think both of these teams are so far off. At least with the Dolphins you can say that they probably have the right coach or maybe have the right coach. Uh but yeah, they they both these teams have I think a really tough offseason coming like to figure out like what to do and yeah. how to handle like the Dolphins I don't think have a first round pick. The Texans still have the the Sean Watson situation. Like Yeah. They there's a lot of stuff that these teams got to figure out in the offseason. Yeah, but like, their, their seasons are over. These teams are going to be basically like you write a W whenever you see them on your your schedule. Yeah. But,
0: jeez. Unless you're the Jaguars have to play the Texans And Who knows? You know, who knows who's going to win that game? Yeah. Um, All right. Let's jump ahead. Uh, we have the Chargers getting a win 27-24 against the Eagles. Chargers looked good again, finally. Just two yeah. two weeks in a row or two games in a row they looked very bad uh they looked finally looked good um this week uh Herbert finally you know sh- looked more like you know what he looked like last year finally in this game and so good performance all around by the Chargers I mean the, yeah. the, the Eagles continue to you know
1: they hang in there they yeah, hang around to,
0: with the- to, do better than you think they do every week, right? It's like every week you're like, yeah. oh, actually they're doing, doing doing better than I thought. But, I mean, still I don't think there's really a future with this Eagles team the way they're set up currently. But that's, I guess that's sort of to be decided. But I think, you know, a good – finally a good chance for the Chargers to actually, you know, get back and get a win, you know, after, you know, two games in a row that they played just – poorly, you know, obviously, um, you know, their huge loss against the Ravens and then just, you know, their, you know, sort of their choke loss to the Patriots to finally get to finally get a win, um, you know, is is, is, is a big positive for the, for the Chargers. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know how much really to say about this. Do you have any thoughts on this game?
1: I uh, the, the biggest thing for me to take away is for the Chargers, like the Chargers played well. First of all, I'll I'll just briefly speak on the Eagles. I think, again, this game is pretty uplifting if you're an Eagles fan. You played against a really good Chargers team that's probably going to make the playoffs. And you hung in there. Even though Jalen Hurst didn't have a great game, he did okay. But, like, their defense was able to hold down the Chargers a little bit until the end. And the Chargers, but the bigger takeaway for me is with the Chargers, is that they won in a way that great teams win. They... They're playing against a team that's probably not as good as teams that they should be playing against the playoffs, but they're struggling. But they win by possessing the ball and running out the clock. I think there was like six minutes left when they got the ball uh, when they were tied at 24. And they, through possession and short passes and mostly running, ran the clock down and got into field goal range and won the game on a late-game field goal, which is so uncharger like but that is what good teams do.
0: Yeah, well...
1: not doing great you find a way to win by just completely shutting out the other team that's what a great team does and for me that speaks like this is the most impressive win of the week for me because that's always been the knock on the Chargers last several years that they've been talented but they don't they can't win games that they need to win and that they should win in ways that they that show dominance and they showed that this week
0: exactly right and I think that you know part of that is being able to get you know 33 minutes of possession to 26 right like that's a that's a huge to be able to have you know 7 minutes more of possession than your opponent is huge you know the fact the chargers didn't punt all day that's impressive right that shows you know your ability to you know make the most out of situations manage do a good job right you know you know all of those things it's it's, it's a big deal right the fact that you know you know that that the Chargers were able to take advantage of it and say, you know, hey, you know, you know, it, it, you know, obviously we're going to kick two field goals and obviously that's getting points out of it. But then, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to take a couple of risks. We're going to go for it on fourth down every time unless it's a field goal opportunity. You know, that it's like that's the sort of strategy that's able to get them to, you know, be able to keep their foot on the gas, be able to, you know, pick up a win. And that's a big deal if you are you know if you're the Chargers right because especially like I said as you know the AFC goes into chaos right you know yeah. the Chargers which is very likely yeah i mean they go you know, crazy, crazy week this week you know and they continue to to continues to be crazy this week right that's like the Chargers are now currently the, you know the, 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 the winning the AFC West and they're they're yeah. s- s- um you know s- struck in to be the to be the 4 seed currently right that it's like It's like, you know, wins like this, you know, even though the Eagles aren't like a great team, you know, this game shows a way that you're able to sort of take advantage and put up a good performance regardless of your opponent, regardless of what's going on, about just being able to find a way to win. That's what it takes if you are going to be really winning games and being competitive late in the season. So good game for the Chargers.
1: Yeah, I think – and again, in the Eagles – just have to be pretty stoked that they're again bad teams that are hoping to be good. It annoys me. But they are potentially okay. Yeah. Um, hang in in games that they shouldn't really hang in against. Like the Chargers are a much better team than the Eagles, but the Eagles found a way to keep it competitive.
0: Yeah. And that's that's you know that's sort of the solution going forward, and I think that it's a big big deal for the Chargers to finally get a win, and you know. I think it's a good, good looks good for the Eagles you're able to keep competitive with a team that's almost certainly going to be, you know, at least in the hunt for the playoffs. So, um, you know, that's probably a good game for both teams. Uh, let's jump on to a t- game that was a bad result for both teams. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have the Kansas City Chiefs 13, Packers 7. Um, yeah, b- bad game all around. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is an interesting thing because I think that there that there's sort of an eagerness, you know, from a, from a perspective to look and to say, well, you know, the problem was Jordan Love. And of course, Jordan Love didn't play great, but he also wasn't, like, the major problem with this team. The team totally just sort of fell apart. And I think that that is, you know, both a, yeah. you know, positive and a plus to the way that sort of, you know, the leadership and the ma- game management that Aaron Rodgers is able to sort of bring to the team as a positive, but also like a big wake-up call to the team that if your you know, team sort of falls apart without one player there, like your team's yeah. probably not built and managed very well, right? I mean, it's sort of what I talked about with the Saints, that you look and you're yeah. like, you know, this this doesn't look like a team that is set up to succeed if you can't, you know, if you just sort of everybody does bad, you know, and you're missing field goals, and you're, you know, making, you know, all of these mistakes offensively, that it's like, you know, obviously, yeah, Jordan Love could have played better, of course, right? You know, you know, I don't think that there was that there was any aspect of, you know, I don't think there's anybody that looked at that game and said, wow, Jordan Love played amazing, but it's it's, yeah. it's his first start, right? It's like you expect him to struggle, you don't expect the team to fall kind of fall apart around him, right? You expect you know, on a well-managed, well-run team that the slack is going to be picked up by somebody and there was nobody to pick up the slack. And that's more of the concern, in my mind at least, than, you know, Jordan Love playing bad, right? It's like, you know, you don't expect him to play great, but you expect the team to play good around him. And when they don't play good around him, then that's concerning for, you know, the future of this team and it's concerning for, you know, the playoffs this year and concerning for even later in the season as the Packers, you know, are trying to sort of trying to fight uh, for and being able to potentially get the number one uh, seed in the playoffs, which, you know, they're, they're a contender for obviously, right? I mean, I think that sort of all of the, all of those five NFC teams are in contention for that, for the number one seed, obviously, you know, but the concern is, is that if you are, if you are getting to a point where you are, you know, just screwing up this badly as a whole team, right? I mean, the fact that, you know, Mason Crosby missed a field goal and they had a field goal blocked from just like horrible blocking on the on yeah. on the field goal unit, right? It's like all of these things, they're the issues as much if not more than like Jordan Love is the issue. It's like, yeah, you know, he could have played better and he, you know, didn't do enough to win the game obviously, but it's like the team around him didn't play good either And that's just as much if not more of an issue. I think
1: yeah, I think again like Jordan love didn't play great. No, he had an okay game and again I don't know what to expect for a guy in his first NFL start It's always hard the adjustment and I know the Chiefs defense isn't true. It. It's bottom five So it's more disappointing. They didn't play great but the Packers need to be concerned about the fact of the matter. Like, the Cowboys just show what happens when your quarterback misses time with your players.
2: Yeah.
1: And I would say the Broncos' defense is significantly better than the Seahawks' defense. But Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be able to practice until, like, he's not going to be able to be there until Saturday yeah, with he, the team.
0: He, 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 uh, well, yeah, and, and it's like NFL teams, they don't practice on Saturdays, right? It's like, yeah. so they don't, you know, and it's like they don't, they don't really practice on you know, they'll do like walk on, like walkthroughs on Fridays, right? So it's like yeah. he's not going to practice at all this week, right? You know, he'll, he'll get yeah. a chance, you know, maybe, you know, obviously, you know, he, you know, we'll get a chance maybe to have some meetings with some players, you know, maybe,
1: maybe, do, maybe, maybe like get some guys to go to like a local high school and they, you know, they, they just run routes and stuff. Like just yeah. get some familiarity. But they are going to go into with like two weeks of not playing. And again, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's better than Dak Prescott and he's a very, very good quarterback. But it's just, it's hard to win in this league. And you're going up against a team that is getting their quarterback back who also will have those same struggles but they're hungry to make the playoffs. And you squander an opportunity to maybe pull out a win against again, a Chiefs team that didn't play well. Patrick Mahomes is not playing well. No, His offense is inept and looks like uncreative and really beatable. They can't figure out a way to beat, like to score points anymore without like the home run play. And like they're they're like a baseball team that only has hitters. They have no other change to their game and they're struggling. So like and the Packers aren't able to pull out a win against this team, or at least make it like like put some pressure on them. They only scored in the fourth quarter. They were down 13-0. Like and so it's it's a team like both teams should be very discouraged. Yeah. And for the Chiefs is like the Packers defense is solid. Like it's it's middle of the pack right now and they've had some injuries. But you're playing against a team without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you shouldn't be close in this game, and you're at home. Like this is, the Chiefs are bad. I don't know what is going on with the Chiefs. Yeah, but I, they are not. They are the right now the they are the worst team in their division, not by record, but they're tied with the with the Broncos. But they're going up against the Raiders, and the Raiders are going to probably try to come off and up a bad win and hopefully win. Like this team needs to figure out very quickly where things are going because these next cup two games, I think they go. I'm pretty sure they go Raiders and Cowboys. If they lose both of those games, they're sitting at 6-5 and 6 with only 6 games left in the season, they might not make the playoffs if they don't come together.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, sorry, I'm just looking at like like CBS.com has has like percentage chance of making the playoffs. I mean, the Chiefs are only at, you know, an 18% chance of making the playoffs currently. And like, yeah. Wait or sorry they sorry they they a they're, 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 they're with 38 they have an 18 percent chance of winning their division they have a 38% chance of making the playoffs but still right it's like, like that's not good right and it's like yeah i, I mean i think that that's a representation you know i said you know from the statistical model at cbs sports but that's a representation of the fact that their defense looks really bad and has for you know a le- the last little while you know most of last year but their offense is just not playing you know it's like Again, like I like I've said before this season, if the offense plays perfectly, they can win games, you know, against good teams. But the offense is playing, you know, still above average in a lot of ways, right? I mean, you know, Patrick Holmes is still looking good and making good plays, and there are good players on the team, but they're just they're not playing at the level they need to play to bail out their defense, which they did last year, you know, in the playoffs yeah. and stuff, and they're just not doing that. And that's just a major concern for their chances of actually like winning games and going forward. And we'll, you know, we'll see how that works.
1: Well, they, again, the five of their last eight games are division opponents. They play the Broncos twice, the Raiders twice and the Chargers and they play Raiders, Cowboys, Broncos, Raiders. Like, yeah, those are, again, I think they will beat the Broncos, but like these are teams and the Broncos just showed that you can't trifle with them because they stomped the crap out of the Cowboys and, like, again, the Chiefs this week have to figure out how to score because Raiders can score, Cowboys can score, Chargers can score, Bengals can score. Yeah, Those are teams on their their, run, uh, their schedule that can all score points.
0: Well, yeah, and and, and it's like you know that, in a, you know, especially like in the Raiders or the Cowboys or the Chargers, those teams are going to put up 20, 25 points, you know. Yeah. Baseline, right? Like, you know. You know, if those teams have like an okay day, they're putting up 25 points. And so you need to find a way, how can we put up 30 points, right? That, that's, what, that's what your game plan needs to be is, okay, you know, we recognize that our defense is pretty bad. We're playing against a bunch of good offenses in the stretch, right? How yeah. can we put up 30 points? Because, because, again, I think if you put up 30 points, you could probably win most of those games, right? It's like, you know, oh, yeah. you know, but they're not doing that consistently week to week and that's why they're losing is because their defense continues to be bad and their offense isn't playing a 30-point game right they're playing you know even they're playing a 20-point game or you know like like against the against the packers you know where they had 13 points right you know and it's like you know they, they were sort of unlucky to get 13 points you know i think they probably, probably could have scored you know, more, you know, maybe got to 20, right? It's like, you know, if they do that, though, that's not a 30-point game, what you need to do if you're playing a good offense. And, you know, that's the difference between them making the playoffs or, you know, not making the playoffs. And I think that if yeah. they don't make the playoffs, it's a big disappointment. I think them, you know, even being, oh, you know, being the seventh wild card is a, is a disappointment. But I think that at least you can sort of look at that and say, hey, we struggled at the beginning of the year, we came back, you know. We made the we made the playoffs at least, you know. That at least still yeah. is you accomplish something, right? Even if it's not what you wanted to accomplish. Whereas if you don't make the playoffs, you you you've just played bad and then not accomplished anything. That's a pretty big failure, you know, for a team that yeah, is Super supposed World, to be one Super of the best.
1: Winner, Super Bowl winner to Super Bowl appearance to not making the playoffs and the core of your team hasn't changed. Like they didn't they didn't lose a quarterback. They didn't right. lose a huge. Like defensive player, the deep, the main three guys on defense are still
0: there. Well, it's like they didn't even lose any of their coaches, right? Because yeah. Because they made the Super Bowl two years in a row, none of their coaches got seriously looked at because you you know, the teams all hire new coaches before the Super Bowl happens. And so none of their coaches left, even, right? You know, Eric Bieniemy, who is, you know, supposed to be like the best offensive coordinator in the league, he's still there, right? Like yeah. it's like if he would have left this would be sort of explainable, right? If you would have said, oh, Eric Biennemi left and he is, you know, a head coach somewhere, it would make sense for their team to get worse. But it's like, no, he's still there. All their coaches are still there. You know, all of the, all of the really good players are still there. It's just, you know, yeah. And so it's like, it doesn't make sense to me why they have regressed so badly. But um, yeah. I, I think there's still a chance for them to turn their season around and at least get something out of it. But you know, they, they need to – the offense needs to get back on track of putting up, you know, at least 30, 30 points, points a game. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next up we have uh, best game of the week. Uh, it always <laughs> is. Uh, Cardinals 31, 49 or 17. I mean, I think – I
1: don't know how you guys won this game. This is genuinely surprising to me. Yeah, I In the way that you did. Like –
0: I mean i mean the thing about it is i mean like i've said all year all the 49ers coaches are frauds always have been they had one good season and now everybody thinks they're amazing and that you know let's go give robert a solid a head coaching job you know and it's like all and all of these things right and it's like you know the answer is you know they sort of got lucky one year and they're their success off of that but i think you know, we've said this all the, all the time that Steve kind the cardinal general manager he built a team you know very specifically that is you know everybody is sort of plug and play and you know I don't yeah. think, I don't think we I don't think I expected this even you know you know for for them to really be that level up but they but they really are right you know it's like you know chase Edmonds he has one play before he gets injured I thought he played more than that he had one run he got hurt, he got hurt on the first play that he carried the ball and so yeah. then James Conner steps up and gets, you know, almost 100 yards and two touchdowns and Enzo Benjamin steps up and gets, you know, 40 yards and a touchdown and you know almost four and a half yards of carry for both of those yeah. guys. You know, Kyler Murray goes out and Colt McCoy steps up, you know, Colt McCoy's like, you know, pretty old isn't he? Yeah, Colt McCoy. Yeah. 35-year-old Colt McCoy steps in and goes, "You know, hey, I'm you know, I'm going to lead this he team to the lake still. I
1: thought he retired."
0: Well yeah, I mean, you know, and it's like, you know, and and Christian Kirk, who's, you know, the third receiver on this team, he stepped up and he got, you know, 91 yards, you know, 15 and you know 15.2 yards of yards of reception, right? And you know, James Conner is able to, you know, get a third touchdown by, you know, coming out of the backfield, you know, with 77 yards receiving. I mean, look at that total yards for James Conner, right? That it's like, you know, he he got 96 running. And seventy-seven receiving. It's like this is for a guy who's the backup running back, right? Yeah, and
1: he's your, he's your goal line running back. He's the yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, again, yeah. Most most of his times, yeah, he you know he'll average like you know two yards a carry. Maybe he'll get two touchdowns because yeah, he you know, he he is he does come in for the goal line stuff. That's his sort of main sort of specialty, quote unquote. Um, you know, you know, but it's like obviously you know he's shown that it's like you know you know yeah he is able to come in and play you know and step up and you know pick up all of the slack that's left by you know Colt McCoy you I mean, know I mean, being a backup and you know the the you know the, the number 1 and number 2 receivers and you know both being out you know and it's like everybody was able to step up and it's like that's sort of what makes a team that is built well and built you know built to succeed is a team that can win yeah you know with with whoever, right? You know, they can win when the coach isn't there. They can win when the quarterback's not there. They can win, you know, they, you know, you know, with when you know, all of their offensive weapons are out. And it's like this is what makes me so excited about this specific setup of the Cardinals is that not only are they, you know, obviously very good in terms of the talent, but their system is a system that allows them to win pretty much regardless of who on the team is playing there, right? The roster is so deep in a way that a lot of these teams aren't, you know, that, that, you know, the fact that Christian Kirk is receiver number three on this team, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's sort of surprising because, because he is very good, you know, and it's like, he's very good. It's, I mean, to the extent that like when the Cardinals signed AJ Green, you know, my first thought was like, that's cool. AJ Green, you know, he's awesome. But second thought is like, how is Christian Kirk going to feel being number three still, right? Because, you know, obviously he was number three last year with, you know, Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins. And it's like, you know, he, you know, kind of went off a lot last year and kind of was the surprise. You're like, what oh, does he still want to be a number three? But, he, you know, you can see in the way that he plays, he doesn't care, right? He's okay to be, you know, number three on yeah. the depth chart. He's okay to, you know, maybe not play as many steps as he could if he went, you know, if he went any played on a team maybe that was, you know, had slightly worse receivers, right? You know, if he went he played, you know, you know, on, you know, if he played on the 49ers, he'd be, you know, almost certainly their number two, you know, if not even maybe their number one, right? You know, but he's okay. and He goes, you know, you know he's happy to be number three on a depth chart, even though he's, you know, could be number one on some teams because he's like, I want to contribute to this team and allow them to win, right? And James Conner is willing to be, you know, even though obviously you saw he's able to be a dominant, you know, three-down back, he's okay to be the third-down and the goal-line back because he knows that's a role he can contribute to this team. And that we you know when he needs to contribute more and be the, way the guy the offense runs through, well, he's able to do that too. And that's what makes this team so scary, you know, to other teams. Right? Like why teams don't want to face them is because. They're built, you know, to succeed at all different levels. I mean, we could talk about the 49ers, which is, you know, they continue to disappoint, you know. And well, the
1: scariest part for me with the Niners is that it's not even, like, the scapegoat for the last several weeks has always been Jimmy Garoppolo. But this week, you can't blame him. He didn't play great. No, he wasn't amazing, but he was good. Like, I mean, yeah, and I mean- they lost badly with a team that was missing its best receiver, it's best. It's quarterback, and then it's like probably best red zone threat receiver. Like yeah, well, and they and, lost bad. They got their butts kicked. Like that's that's the Niners have a lot of problems to worry about.
0: And, and also, you keep forgetting their number one running back, Chase yeah. Edmonds, played one play. You know, like this is a team that literally, you know, all of their skill position guys, starter skill position guys, are out. Right, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, yes, you know, Zach Ertz is probably better than Max Williams, right? Which is why they, you know, brought him in when Max Williams is out for the season. But still, right, like this team that they assembled at the start of preseason, you know, the quarterback on that team didn't play this week. The two two wide receivers they didn't play. The running back didn't play. The tight end didn't play. Right. It's like, yeah. you know, all of the skill position guys that were on, that were day one starters, none of them are yeah. none of them are here this week. But it doesn't matter because this is a team that is built to succeed. But, yeah, I think you're right. The 49ers, you know, yeah, they, they've always, you know, they've said, oh, you know, the offense. It's like, yeah, offense didn't play great this week. But the defense played horrible. Yeah. And the defense, defense, bad. The defense is supposed to be good, right? They're supposed to be part of this team. And it's supposed to, like, you know – be be a difference maker, right? And it's like, you know, they were supposed to be bad because their running backs are out. Well, Eli Mitchell's back. He didn't play great, you know. Um, you know, you know, and they they were supposed to be, you know, oh well, they were playing bad because you know George Kittle, you know, he wasn't there. It's like okay, he played good individually, but that didn't kickstart the offense in the way that it was supposed to do, right? The I mean, the answer is yeah. this team is not good. And, you know, people think they're good because they made it to the made it to the Super Bowl two years ago. But that was so much luck. I mean, I remember on the season preview, you know, I said, I think this team is not going to be good because what did they do to get better from last year? And the answer is yeah. nothing. The answer is nothing. The answer is that they were good two years ago and they were bad last year. And they have the same team from last year. And so they're bad this year. And it's not a surprise, yeah. but... You know, people just don't want to understand the fact that, like, this team is bad. And, you know, it makes me excited to see the Cardinals win like this, but it's like a lot of this game is the fact that the 49ers are bad and they're not good and they're, you know, just a team that, you know, I mean, again, they're putting up, you know, 39 rushing yards and they finally got, like, you know, they finally got one of their running backs back and they were like, well, we'll, you know, we'll be good when our running back comes back. No, you won't. Like – the Cardinals don't even have a great run defense, you know? It's like the, the, their line is pretty good, but, they're, the, but their linebackers are really, you know, good in pass protection. Their linebackers are, you know, not the best against running. And you only get 39 yards? Come on. Like, like this 49ers team is not good. And I was yeah. right, and I continue to be right. <laughs> um, there we go. Uh, all right, we're, we're done with that. I could go on a rant about the 49ers for – you know the rest of time, so we will skip that and we will go on to the Sunday night game from last week. Uh, we have Titans twenty eight, Rams sixteen. Um, I mean, the issue with the Rams it was surprising. Yeah, I mean, to me. the issue when it comes is that I think the Rams had a pretty similar day to the Cowboys, which is obviously they don't have the reason the Cowboys do further quarterback playing poorly, but their quarterback played bad and the rest of the team sort of collapsed around you know around with him you know and and i think that i think that it sort of becomes it shows the importance of you know having solid play at the quarterback position and when you don't have that even if it's just for one bad game from a guy you know that that the team struggles yeah. to fix because the game plan doesn't work when your quarterback's playing bad you got to sort of have to improvise on the fly, and then you're putting extra pressure on your defense, and all of that, and it's just it's it's a bad it's a bad a bad um, a bad situation overall for the for the for the Rams, I think. But yeah, um, I mean, again, I think that you know, similar to my thoughts on the Cowboys, and um, you know, can you know, we can hear. Here, if you think the same thing, that it's like, I'm not super worried for this team other than, like, they just can't have more performances like this, right? It's like, it's like, the team just needs to avoid playing this horribly because, you know, it's a bad, bad performance. Well, it's like, okay,
1: in every respect of the game, other than the score, the Rams won. Yards... Yeah. Rushing and passing and yards per play, first downs, third down efficiency, fourth down efficiency. There was the only thing they were slightly less and they missed one fourth down. Sacks allowed, they were worse. Like they punted less and they had more time of possession. Like the two things that scare me for this team is one, you played a Titans team that is missing like their best player and their only great player and they didn't play particularly great on offense. Like Ryan Tannehill was. Brian Tannehill, about average. Uh they they didn't run particularly great. Devonta Freeman showed why he blew that 23 and eight, twenty three and 28 to three game because he couldn't block. But like again, this team for the for the, the Rams, they weren't playing the best of the Titans and they allowed them to kind of hang in the game and really dominate and Again, I'm not super concerned for the Rams because they still have all the pieces there, like Matthew Stafford's still very good. You have some decent running get backs. The receiving quarters are, is great. I mean Cooper Cup is balling out right now, but I'm just I'm more concerned overall for the way that the Rams are structured because they they should find a way to win this game. I think that they're I think the Cowboy comparison is actually a very good comparison. I, I'm not nervous that the team is not gonna be able to be good. Or win games. But I do think that this team uh, will really struggle if they cannot find another way to beat you other than that their defense plays solid and Matthew Stafford has a good game. Because it seemed pretty consistent this year that Matthew Stafford has a good game and then he has a game where he's pretty good and then he has a game where he's not good. Yeah. And this is one of his not good games. And if that's the recipe for the playoffs, he's like, you better hope he has three good or four good games. Against great competition, because
0: well, and I the think Titans are going
1: to be back stronger if they make the playoffs. It looks like they will. I,
0: I, exactly, you know, and it's like you know, and and you look at this right that it's like you know, you know, the Rams have have you know not a great um, you know have a have a have I an mean, they, they have an incredible chance of making the playoffs, but they're almost certainly going to be a wild card, which means that they probably are going to have to play. Three games on the road to just make the Super Bowl, and then obviously, the Super Bowl is actually going to be a home game for them if they make it. So, you know, that's you know, it's not four games on the road necessarily, but it's still probably three games on the road to get to the Super Bowl, which means you need to have three solid performances out of Matt Stafford if you're going to continue to win just by him being so good. And you can't expect that necessarily to happen every single week, right? It's like, is is it going to happen? You know, most weeks, yeah, probably. I mean, he, he's very good. Yeah. But is it going to happen? You know, three weeks in a row in the playoffs? I don't think you can expect that with the way you've seen yet. You know, I have we ha- you haven't seen them. At least I haven't seen them actually perform that to that level consistently week just, to week yet. Yeah. Especially, you know, it's like when they when they've played really good teams, you know. They have one win and two losses against really good teams this year. You know they have they have a loss to the Cardinals, a loss to the Titans, and a win against the Bucks. Those are three. Those are three standout games of the season, right? Those are the three games that are going to be every week in the playoffs, right? That it's like you know every you know you know every team they're going to play is going to be that level, right? Yeah. You know, and it's like yeah, you know, yeah, they beat the Bucks. But they beat the Bucks. You know, are they going to be able to beat the Bucks when they go and they play them? You know, in in Tampa for the playoffs. I don't think necessarily it's a lock. Right? It's like it's going to be a yeah. tough game. And then and then you know after that, then you know are you going to you know you're going to have to maybe travel to Dallas, Dallas or, or to, to Green Bay, and then either one of those is going to be a tough game. You know, I mean, especially if you go to Green Bay, it's going to be tough because of the weather. And, you know, in, in in Dallas, it's, a you know, one of the top ten, you know, just environments in terms of sound and stuff. That's going to yeah. be tough. For a team that's, you know, close to your skill level, it's like I think the Rams probably on paper are better than both the Packers and the Cowboys, but they're close, right? And so it's like you're playing yeah. a team that is similar to your skill level and you have to play them away. And then if, if you manage to win both of those games, which are both going to be tough, and then, then you have to go play – you know, Arizona in Arizona, who's, you know, already beat you pretty badly once, you know, and then they, you know, it's like obviously we'll see how the second of their games go, but it's like, it's yeah. still, you know, three tough road games. You have, it's, it's like that, you know, you have to be better and more consistent or find new ways to win, you know, because like the Cardinals, they found yeah. new ways to win. And so it's okay, you know, when Kyler Murray plays bad or doesn't even play, right? And, you know, that's sort of the, sort of what you need to see for the Rams if they if there are really gonna be Super Bowl contenders. Um but we will have to see going forward. Let's end Dude, it. what? What'd you say?
1: Well I said um I just I coughed, and I said excuse me, but oh. I will also say just quickly, congratulations to Titans. Like I thought yeah. Titans were legitimately might not make the playoffs without Derrick Henry. They the Titans and the Cardinals are show the, the discipline that great teams have of like even when your best player goes down, next man up and rallying around, the the chemistry and the the organization of the team. Um yeah. So congratulations to them. Like Ryan Tannehill played good enough to win. Their defense, which has been their weakness all year, didn't let them get like they played very very solid. Yes. Red zone yes, defense to, and to to they didn't up. generate much turnovers, but like
0: step they stopped. They made plays when they needed to. You know, and it's like. I mean, I and mean, it's like you look that they, they didn't really change their offensive game plan that much. No. I mean, the difference is, you know, you basically shared the ball between three different running backs instead of giving it all to Derrick Henry. But they yeah. managed to say, you know, our game plan works. It's a good game plan. It's a winning game plan. And sure, it's a little bit difficult, more difficult to do without Derrick. But they didn't panic, right? They didn't do yeah. what, you know, b- bad teams do is they panic when something doesn't go their way. The Titans said, no, we believe our game plan is good. We, you know, it's going to, we need to, uh, you know, have some rotation, you know, but it's like, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, they still ran the ball 20, what, 22 times total, yeah. you know, like like designed runs and then obviously Tannehill, you know, had a couple of runs, but I think both those were scrambles, um, you know, and so that you know, doesn't necessarily really count, but it's like in terms of running backs ran the ball, you know, Dante Dante Foreman ran the ball five times. Jeremy McNichol seven. Adrian Peterson ten times. Right. That's still, you know, that's that's um, you know, that's still that's twenty two times running the ball, which is like a normal day for Derrick Henry, right? Is you know about twenty yeah. carries, right? And so it's like obviously they they weren't able to get as many yards as Derrick Henry probably would, but it's still forced the ramps to commit guys into the box, which allowed Tannehill to get out there and throw. They didn't change their game plan because they're a good, solid team. And that's what good teams do, right? That's what the Cardinals do. They play the same game every week, regardless of who's who's on the team, who yeah. the personnel, who their opponent is. You play your game, and you find ways to win. That's what good teams do. Teams that are coached well, teams that are managed well, teams that have good chemistry and play well together. That's what they do. Yeah. So, yeah. Big, 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 big! Great game for the Titans. Uh, let's jump ahead to the Monday night game. Uh, we have Steelers twenty nine, Bears twenty seven. Um,
1: I, I watched this game with a, a buddy of mine who's a Bears fan. Oh, this game was disaster.
0: Yeah, I mean, how many penalty yards did the Bears have? Like, uh, they had they had one hundred and fifteen. Yeah. but like a couple of those also, like at least one called actually called back a touchdown. And a couple of those, you know, called back some big first-down plays.
1: Gave up, like, the the taunting penalty, which is the dumbest call of the year. Like, that was such a bad call.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like 150 yards is a crazy bad day for penalty. That doesn't even tell the whole story, right? If the situations they were all in were really, really detrimental for the team, I think.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: again – it, the, the If you just look at the last play, you miss the point of this team, which is that the Bears are undisciplined because they have so many penalties. And that's on – again, penalties are on the coach. On your coach, yeah. to prepare your team, make them disciplined. And Matt Nagy has proven time and time again that he is not worthy of a head coaching position in this league. No. And th- again, they the Bears got screwed. I'm, I try to be fair as, in, as unbiased as I can with refereeing because I know it's hard. I've done it before for high school and – any and other levels of competition not nearly as high as this, so it's not as much pressure. But they got screwed. The refs absolutely screwed them. They made a great fourth down stop, and then this, this guy who got elevated from the practice squad gets called for taunting by looking at a sideline. And there was, like, yeah. multiple missed calls that only the Steelers got that they didn't get all that stuff. But if you're a Bears fan and that's the reason you're complaining, you have a lot more to complain about than the refs screwed you out of a game because you're managed by a coach and a GM that are incompetent. Yeah, and that like, put your team in position to lose games against very beatable teams like the Steelers. So
0: yeah, I mean it's like that's I, like I, I my take on that. But no, I think I think you're totally right. I think you're right. You're 100 percent right that the Steelers, you know, benefited a lot from bad calls in this game. But there are the Bears are a much better team than the Steelers. It shouldn't be in a situation where the refs can steal the game from you, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, sure, if you're playing a really close game, you know, like if this if this was like, you know, Cardinals-Rams or something, you know, and, you know, one team won by, you know, a couple of points because of a couple of really bad penalties, you'd say, okay, hey, that, hey, you know, that's the issue. These teams are equally matched, you know, in terms of players, in terms of their coach. And so the, you know, the one bad call made the difference, right? But it's like, if you're playing so bad that a team that you're better than is in a game, you know, It's your fault the game was that close to begin with, right? You know, it's like sure, of course. You know, everybody wishes the refereeing was better, but you know, it's like if you can't be up by a team, you know, you you, you've got a lot more to worry about than the refereeing, right? It's like of course, of course, you know, it's not fair, but you know, you should you should be worrying, you know, about all the other aspects of why your team is in a situation where that's the case more than you should be worried about, like, the individual refereeing, right? Because it's like, you know, there's there's bad refereeing every year, right? There's, you know, bad calls all of the time. It's like, if you can't put yourself in a position where the bad calls can't affect you, then that's an issue in and of itself, right? That, like, you know, that's why teams you know, good teams score a lot of points and good teams, you know, manage to get ahead, you know. And it's like, if you're at a level where you're playing, you know, equal to a team you should be better than, that's your fault. Yeah. You know, as much as it is the referee's fault as well, of course, like, I don't want to say the referees, you know, don't deserve blame, but like, you know, the referees, you know, they make bad calls because, you know, they make, you know, not like on purpose, right? So it's like, you know, you can't, you know, so it's like yeah you know it's like it's an easy excuse right to be like well nothing we could have done about it but it's like you know yeah you could have not been in that position and that's ultimately how I feel about any team that really complains too much about the referees making bad calls so it's like it's gonna happen you know you need to put yourself in a position where it's not gonna affect you
1: yeah it's it's but the good thing is at least for the Bears Justin Fields looked pretty solid he, looked, yeah. he played a pretty solid game like. Yeah, I not mean,
0: great. Good. Yeah, I mean, and it's like I think that he's never going to be good in this system because it just does it doesn't suit him. But ultimately, what it can show is that he, you know, has the talent. It's just a matter of can he learn to be a good NFL quarterback or not, and we'll, we will have to see going forward. But I think yeah. that you know, games like this show, you know, he definitely has the talent, and that there's a good chance that he could improve if he gets a good coach and maybe a, you know, maybe some, you know, a quarterback to mentor him, right? Like, I I think that, you know, you know, it would be good to see, you know, even if Justin Fields is starting to have, you know, a guy like Cam Newton be his backup or something, right? Where Cam Newton, you know, who maybe Justin Fields is better than Cam Newton currently, but Cam Newton can sort of teach him some stuff, right? You know, as a guy who played a similar style, right? Of being able to, you know, run and make plays with his feet, but also, you know, make yeah. some really good, intelligent passes, right? Like, Cam Newton's a guy who, like, if Justin Fields ever lived up to his potential, he'll be, like, as good as Cam Newton was when he was at his best. Yeah, and, and, you know, and so it's like, you know, if I was the Bears, obviously, you know, hopefully you're firing your coach and getting a new one. But it's like, I think that that's sort of a thing you want to see is like, you know, first of all, can you get a good coach for Fields? And also, can you get a veteran quarterback Who plays a similar style to Fields to come in and sort of mentor him even if Justin Fields is still playing the majority of the plays right can a veteran you know come and sort of teach him while being you know his backup and I think that that's a that's a thing that Bears should definitely look at finding a way to mentor him you know with a coach but as well as with a you know some sort of veteran quarterback presence
1: okay yeah again I would I think a, I, it's hard to say whether like a veteran quarterback presence would, would hurt him. I don't think it would. I think it could help. But even I don't even think like, you need a veteran quarterback to like mentor. You just need a, a, a team that is building around his strengths, and the Bears do everything opposite of that. They yeah. do these deep play-action passes where Justin Fields is a guy who is shown to have great escapability and use of his legs, who's very good underneath. You should be designing the game around that. Instead, they kind of do these deep strike play-action passes, yeah. and that it just doesn't work. Because, and you also you have the guys like like Mooney and and Robinson, who are pretty quick guys underneath. That if you were to give them routes where they could run, you know, crosses or seven-yard slants or eight uh, five-yard slants and seven-yard posts and stuff, maybe this team would be more explosive. And then, um, oh, who's their running back? David uh, Montgomery. Yeah, solid running back. Like.
0: They, they well yeah no they the
1: coaching and uh off at a uh, front office so that they can start designing a team that is actually good for their quarterback because their quarterback plays pretty well.
0: Yeah, no, I I th- I, th- I think you're definitely right with that, right? That it's like the the big issue is Matt Nagy. He should not have a job anywhere in football really, but especially a head coach NFL job. And so yeah, it really depends on who they bring in as in as a coach, but I think that you know if they bring in the right The right fit as a coach, you know, this team, you know, has a lot of pieces, especially, you know, their defense is, you know, obviously pretty good, but their offense just has a lot of pieces that are not necessarily being used to their full potential right now. And so that will be, you know, sort of the question going forward is, can they take advantage of all of the really good talent, including Justin Fields, who, you know, has has looked very good this year, but it's like he just hasn't looked, you know, super good yet because, he's not playing in a system that at all is a system that like, like anyone he's ever played in or one that really suits his strengths. And so the question is, you know, can you get a good system in front of him? And if so, then, you know, can he actually be as good as we all think he can be? Because I think that everybody looks at him and says, wow, there's a lot of potential there, but it's a question of can he sort of fulfill that potential or not? And a yeah. lot of that comes down to the system he's going to be playing.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. I, again, I Oh, because I want him to succeed
0: so badly. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. I agree. Especially I also I think the Bears are another team that fits in that category of teams that have just been bad for, like, our entire lives. So it would be nice to see them do yeah. something, you know, even if it's just, you know, make, make some waves, even if they're not, you know, winning the Super Bowl, just to have them do something. All right. Well, it is now time to pick some games. You are still leading overall, so you get to pick first. <laughs> Uh, every single week, um, so one of these weeks I'm going to be going to take the lead. <laughs> um, you're ahead by two games on me. I'm I'm going to do it this week. All right. Um, yeah. All right. To tonight's game, we have the Ravens headed to Miami to play the Dolphins. Who do you got?
1: I got the Ravens. Um, it's not really much to say. I just think the Ravens are a good team. The Dolphins aren't that good. So we'll see how it goes. I just think the Ravens are going to kick the crap out of the Dolphins.
0: Yeah. Um... I agree with that. Basically, same take, which is the Ravens are a team that is, you know, maybe not as good as their record shows. You know, I'm not 100% sure. I think they've you know, gotten very lucky to a lot of points this part in the season, but it's like they're a lot better than the Dolphins. You know, it's like even if, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you would pick, you know, their luck to run out at some point, it's like even if they don't get lucky today, I think they should still beat the Dolphins pretty comfortably because they're a lot better than the Dolphins. Um, yeah. When we got the Saints headed to Tennessee to play the Titans, again, the Saints are a very confusing team to watch and to analyze just because they're up and they're down. But I think the Titans are really hitting their groove at this point in the season, and it's tough for me to pick against them, so I think I'm going to pick them uh, to get this win. Who do you got?
1: I actually think the Saints are going to pull off an upset this week. I I think the Titans are pretty good, but I think that Saints defense is playing really solid and that they might be able to slow down the Titans' attack a little bit, and I don't think the Titans' defense is as vaunted as it showed this last week. Yeah, but I think so. I think the Saints will upset the Titans this week.
0: All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's definitely possible with uh, the way the Saints have play, but it's just the question of can they, you know, can they do, do it? it? And I don't know. We'll see. All right. Um, Bills headed to New York play the Jets. Who do you got?
1: I mean, <laughs> I think the Bills are. Again, I, th- I, th- I think they're a pretty good team, and they're coming off of a really tough loss. And I think that they're going to kind of try to make mincemeat of the Jets to kind of show teams around the like, no, 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 that was just an aberration. That was like a Packers Saints game. Don't you yeah. like, dare try to take us not seriously because I, I just think that's how they're going to come out this this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say I think that they better win by a lot. You know, it's like not- yeah. I-, I have the Bills winning for sure. I think when it comes down to it. um you know, looking at this and it's like the Bills are obviously a much better team than the Jets. But the question is, you know, you know, can the Bills bounce back? I think that they're they definitely have the talent. They don't have the skill. It's just a question of, you know, can they do it? And I really think they can. Um, and I think that they, they should win pretty comfortably. And if they don't, then huge alarm, huge, huge alarm bells. Um, all right. We got the Lions headed to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. It's tough. I mean, I feel bad picking against the Lions. Uh, yeah. I mean, I picked them a couple times to get their first win, but it's tough. And they haven't Yeah, no, they, they haven't done it. And I think the Steelers, you know, obviously, you know, yeah, they got lucky to get the win against the against the Bears, but the Steelers have looked a lot better than I thought they would this year. So I'm going to pick them to get a win again. It's at home. I feel bad for the Lions, though, but they'll win at some yeah. point probably. All right, who do you got?
1: I, I want the Lions to win so bad. Like they're like the best 0 and 8 team I've ever seen. Yeah, but they're not going to beat the Steelers this week. I just don't see it happening. Like, yeah, I, 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 just, I can't see. It. I hope they do, but I just can't see it happening. So you think you're picking the Steelers? Yeah, I'm picking the Steelers.
0: Again, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, I feel bad for them because it's like they they have a pretty tough schedule, and obviously they're they're not great, but they're like. They're not the worst team in the league, I don't think. They just have a, a tougher schedule, and they've gotten unlucky when they played, you know, worse teams, and some of the bad teams have gotten lucky. So I feel really bad for the Lions, but I don't know. Can't pick can't pick them to get a win. Uh, we got the Jaguars headed to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Who do you got? Nathan?
1: This game's harder for me to pick because for some reason, I just don't – I have a hard time trusting the Colts, but I do think the Colts are – not trash. I think the Jaguars are, and so I think that the Colts will win this game. But, uh yeah, I mean, for some reason, I think this is going to be a trap game. But I am still going to go with the Colts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you are right. I think it's tough, but I think that you know, the sort of my thought on it is that the Jaguars they can't they can't win the way they won last week. You know, more convincing, right? It's like it's, it's not a sustainable business, you know, winning practice, right, to just sort of, like, hope the other team just, like, totally shits the bed every single drive of the game, right? I think the Colts, you know, offense, if they play good at all, should be able to make something against the Jaguars. The Jaguars' offense continues to look bad. The Colts' defense, you know, has been good and has stepped up in a lot of keep ways. Um, And so, ultimately, I think the Colts should win pretty comfortably. But even if they don't, I think that they're significantly better than the Jaguars' So they yeah. should they should probably be able to get the win. I uh, got the Buccaneers headed to Washington. Um, this is a this is an example another example of like a game that I think, you know, really could be a trap game and could be an upset because Washington, you know, has looked good in spurts. But I think that, you know, this is an opportunity for the Buccaneers, you know, to come, you know, off their bye week and be able to really, you know. Make a get a yeah. statement win, so I'm gonna pick the Bucks. Uh, who do you got?
1: I, I think that again, both these teams are, I believe, are coming off buys, and it's really hard to say a great team coming off a buy won't win a game. Um, I think the Bucks are just again, I think they're the better team. Washington's defense seems to play against the Bucks really well, at least they did in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. But again, I just
1: I have no reason to not trust the Bucks to win this game, so yeah. I go with the Bucks.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that's sort of my take as well. All right, we got the Browns headed to New England to play the Patriots. Who do you got?
1: Oh my gosh, these um I'm going to go with the Browns. I think that the Browns have built a little bit of momentum and I think that they realize that if they want to make the playoffs, this is a, a like a must-win game. This is against one of those like fringe playoff maybe playoff teams and they have a tough schedule. They have to win these games if they want to be in the playoffs. I think that they will find a way to do that. Um but it's going to be a, it's going to be a dogfight and I could see the Patriots I think the Patriots are probably favored in this game, but I could see the Browns. I think the Browns are going to win it.
0: Yeah, um, I mean this is a tough game. It was, you know, in, in my head it was, you know, pretty much a coin flip. So I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Patriots just to have a chance to, you know, beat you in the pick 'em. <laughs> um, but like I said, I think I think it really is, you know, an either team could win. I think. I think you. Right. I think they're both in. They're both in the same position of that they're battling for they're battling for wild card spots and you know like I said you know that like when you're playing another team that you're in contention for the same thing for games yeah. count double and this game counts double right and I think that you know not only are you getting to win but you are giving one of your one of your competitors a loss and when it comes down to it ultimately I think that the patriots you know they're really good at winning when they have to and they're playing at home and, you know, I think that – I think they're – in my mind, you know, again, this game really could go either way, but I think the Patriots have a – you know, it, this is a good game for them, right? You know, it's a good – yeah. to be able to play, you know, at home, to, you know, force force the Browns really to, you know, come to you to score. So, um, yeah, I got the Patriots. But, again, it really could go either way. Uh, Falcons headed to Dallas to play the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that, you know – the cow, you know, D- D- Dak's finally going to be back, right? And I think that, that that was a lot of their issue in my mind. And, you know, you, you, you back it up with what you said, right? That a lot of the issue is is Dak not being there, you know, in practice for, you know, almost three weeks. And he's back now for the whole week. You know, he was there, you know, full, full practice, you know, every day this week. And so I think that that's going to really open up their offense. And I think that there's a lot of motivation for their players to say, wow, you know, everybody played bad last week we got to play good this week to show that we're not, you know, that we're actually are legitimate playoff threats and not just a team that's going to, you know, win a bunch of games because our schedule is so easy. So I think that they, they, they need to win pretty emphatically to make that statement. And I think that they have it in them. And I think even if they don't, yeah. you know, they're, they're a much better team, so they should get a win regardless. Who do you
2: got? Yeah,
1: get? I, I think that generally teams that are good, when they lose badly, kind of tend to rally around that loss. Yeah. Cowboys will do that this week against the Falcons team that again they're trying they're going to play hard because they're trying to make the playoffs they're not a they're not out of the playoff hunt yet right. but I think the Cowboys at home with Dak coming back with a whole week of practice like you said I think they and the main thing is I think this could also be a return game for Zeke with the run game where they can really help establish him again yeah well,
0: well, well I mean like like, like I said Ezekiel Elliott when he plays good he just seems to play good until he starts playing bad and he sort of like I don't know if he loses his confidence or you know whatever right but it's like he's you know hasn't been great the last couple of weeks though this is a good t- opportunity for him yeah. I think I think he can run all day against the Falcons they have a poor front 7 I think this is an opportunity for him to really get back in the group yeah. get back in the saddle I think this is you know a a very positive week for the Cowboys overall, if they can take advantage of it. And if not, maybe then they are not as good as we thought they've been if they, you know, can't win by a lot against the Falcons. We will see, though. Uh, we got the Panthers headed to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Who do you got?
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: you're making me pick all the frustrating games. I Again, this one... Again, for me, isn't that hard? Is Kyler Murray back this week?
0: Um, I don't think so. He hasn't practiced uh, yet. So
1: obviously, um,
0: obviously, they they could do the thing like with Dak, where he comes back with like one day of practice. But I don't think they're going to do that because they won comfortably against a better team last week without uh, him. So it's like I feel like it would be kind of kind of weird to 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 bring him back. You know,
1: I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Um, Again, I think that. I don't, again, it's just the same way it was talking about the Cowboys last week. I don't know how many times the Cardinals are going to be able to roll the dice, even against a team like the Panthers, who aren't great, uh, without your starting and star quarterback. But I, I just, I, the Panthers, unless Cam Newton plays, which it doesn't seem like he will, they've shown no reason to for me to trust them offensively. I think defensively, they might be able to slow the Cardinals down, which the Niners couldn't do, but... I'm gonna stick with the Cardinals right now. I'm I'm not comfortable with that one, but
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you're right. I think that it is, you know, potentially concerning. Obviously, for the card Cardinals, you know, are they gonna be able to? Are they gonna be able to? You know, actually, actually yeah. get. I mean, it's like you know, like like all of these guys are out, right? I mean, you know, you know, Buddha Baker, you know, hasn't practiced yet this week. You know, Chase Edmonds, you know, hasn't practiced yet this week. You know, Hopkins hasn't practiced, right? You know, Rondell Moore, you know. Carly- yeah, a lot of- yeah, you 200. know, it's, it's like a lot of these players that really are continue to be out. Um, you know, um, yeah, you know, Chris, Christian Kirk even, you know, he's had some injury issues. this week. He has done full practice um, the last couple of days, but he was on limited practice early in the week because he has a hand injury. Um, looks like AJ Green will probably be back. But yeah, I think, I think you, you are right to be concerned, right? That it's like no matter how good the team is, no matter how well they're built, at some point, you know, you run out of sort of, you know, the ability to luck and to find new ways and new players to succeed. But I think the Panthers are so bad. I'm really, you know, I, I don't feel too concerned about this game, right? You know, it's like I feel like I was more worried last week than I am this week and I wasn't too worried last week. So I got the Cardinals. Uh we got the Vikings headed to uh Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Um tough game. to play. Yeah, very very tough game. I mean, you know, you know, looking at this, right, the Vikings are actually currently they are um projected to be the 7th seed, which is pretty crazy. Um although, you know, their playoff chances are only, you know, about 30% according to CBS.com. Um and so this is a game that I think you know that the Vikings really, really, really need to win, but I think the Chargers, you know, looking at this, the Chargers they want to cement their places. This is a tough game. Both teams I think are highly motivated to put together some momentum here. Uh, it's really tough. I think I'm going to pick the Chargers. This should probably be probably the game of the week, though, in my opinion. It's it's going to be close, but I got the Chargers. Who do you got?
1: Um, I'm going to also go with the Chargers. I, I think that I just I it's hard for me to trust the Vikings. Continuously find ways to collapse. Yeah. Especially when the Chargers this week showed that they are not likely to do that. So I think that the Chargers will win this game. But I could see the Vikings, because again, yeah, if the Vikings play up to their potential, they, they're one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah. So I.
0: No, I think you're 100% right. This is two teams that are very similar skill wise, but one team. You know, sort of has a winning mentality, you know, and has been winning. Which is the Chargers, and even the Vikings have just gotten unlucky and are, you know, doing yeah. pretty poorly. And so I think that that that's the difference in my mind, at least. That's uh, why I picked the Chargers. I feel like you yeah, you think pretty similar. Uh, we got the Seahawks headed to Green Bay to play the Packers. Um, Russell Wilson is back. So is Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers uh, yeah, this is... has not a will not practice. So a little bit of an interesting game. Who do you got?
1: The games of returning quarterbacks. Yeah. Man. Uh, I'm going to go with an upset. I'm going to pick the the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are going to win this game uh, because I think a quarterback practicing with their team is big. And I think the Seahawks, again, the Packers have their, their lead in the AFC North pretty well set. But the Seahawks are right now sitting outside the playoff picture, but they can easily get back into it with the bottom of the NFC. Being kind of wide open, yeah. But they need games like this, so I think the Seahawks will win this game. Kind of a dog fight, yeah. Um, But it's I I don't know. This you might catch me this week because I made a lot of weird picks and upsets. But
0: no, I mean I picked the Seahawks as well. I mean you know again back to my back to CBS.com, you know they have the Seahawks as the next, you know, as like the team, the next most likely to make the playoffs, right? Like I said, the Vikings have a 29% chance of making the playoffs. Seahawks have a 24%, right? Like they are, they are the eights, you know, they, they would be the eighth seed right now, you know, and so because of that, you know, you're looking at that, you know, you're like, this team has all the motivation in the world, you know, as much, you know, if not more as any of these teams, as much as the Chargers, as much as the Vikings, as much as any of these teams, they are a team... Yeah. And it's like also, right, that it's like more so than some of these other teams. The Seahawks are sort of in win-now mode, right? Like Russell Wilson is in the prime of his career. And, you know, if you want him to stay, you want him to be there long-term, you want him to win for you, you need to win, you know, with him. You need to win while he's happy, while he wants to be there, you know, before he decides he wants to go move somewhere else, before he wants any of these things, right? Right. And so I think that there's a lot of motivation for them. I think without the Packers having Aaron Rodgers play, I think that, you know, all of the Aaron Rodgers media stuff, like we talked about with the Raiders, right? That it's like, it's like, it just makes it harder to function when you have, you know, media stories around you and you have all of these issues, right? And it's like, I mean, you know, there's been reports that there are players on the Packers that are frustrated and fed up with, you know, Aaron Rodgers for, you know, not being there for them and not being, you know, so it's like all of these things make it in a way that it's like, I just think the Seahawks have that, that little bit of an advantage and that's all it takes to win a game against two teams that are, you know, I think the Packers are probably, you know, slightly better on paper, but they're, yeah. they're, they're pretty close, right? You know, with Russell Wilson, yeah. they're pretty close and he's, you know, he's been back because the Seahawks <laughs> were on bye, right? So he's practiced, he practiced every day this week. and I think he practiced some last week as well.
1: Yeah, a little
0: bit. Um, you know, and so it's like, he, you know, he's really back in a way, you know, more so than like Dak just coming back like with like two days of practice or whatever he had last week. It's like, no, he's had at least, he's had over a full week of practice. So I think that there's an advantage there. As much as I hate to pick the Seahawks, I think that they have a, really, <laughs> have a really good chance of picking up this, this win. Um, then we have uh, Eagles headed to Denver to play the Broncos. Uh, I'm going to pick the Broncos for this, just mostly for the fact that they have a lot of momentum coming from last week. I think they're a better team than the Eagles playing at home with, you know, a lot of crazy momentum on their side. I think that's enough to sort of push them over the edge. Who do you got?
1: I don't know if this is the Cowboy bias and hoping that the Broncos are actually better than <laughs> I, they are.
0: Uh,
1: but I do think the, the Broncos will win this game Maybe because I don't know. I just trust their pieces more than I trust the Eagles pieces, especially on defense. Right now, the Broncos' defense last week showed that they can really hold a good offense down. Yeah. And it's going to be different because Jalen Hurts is such a different style of quarterback than than Dak Prescott. Like, just a almost, not run first, but extremely mobile
0: right but 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 like he's probably better at running than he is at throwing in terms of like as a quarterback right like he's like he's he's an above average running quarterback he's probably a top 10 running quarterback and he's a below average throwing quarterback right so it's like as a threat he's probably more of a run threat than he is a passing threat right which is which is which is it's unique it's confusing right and so it is a little bit of a you know
1: similar to lamar but like i I think that the broncos will find a way to win this game
0: yeah i mean i mean i i think they should you know it's at home you know, they're coming off a of big momentum. I think they're also the better team. So all right. Um we got Sunday night, we have the Chiefs headed to Vegas to play the Raiders. Who do you got?
1: I'm sorry, did
0: you ask me something? I didn't hear you. Oh, sorry. You know, I must have cut out. Sorry. I said we we got Sunday night, we got the Chiefs headed to Vegas to play the Raiders. Who do you got?
1: Um God, this is another hard game. <laughs> Why do I got all of our games this week? (laughs) So
0: you know that's that's what you get for being for winning every week.
1: I'm I'm just complaining. You had some tough ones too, but I I, I'm gonna go with the Raiders. I I, the Raiders. It sounds so weird, but the Raiders have shown to be consistent more so than the Chiefs. And the Raiders haven't been very consistent this year, but offensively, at least they've shown to put up points. Derek Carr has shown some ability. And they did just get son Jackson, so they got a speed threat to replace Henry Ruggs. So, like, the Raiders' offense is going to do, I think, really well, especially because, man, I don't know what Daniel Sorensen is doing, but the Chiefs specifically struggle against tight ends. Yeah. Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league. I think the Raiders put some points on the Chiefs, and I don't think the Chiefs are going to necessarily be able to do the same. So I'm going to go with the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean th- this is a really interesting game. Because, you know, this game counts, you know, quadruple or quintuple because not only are these teams, yeah. you know, both have both still have a chance of winning their division, right? Their division is that close, right? I mean, again, like they're all, you know, it's like got three teams in the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs that are all, you know, slightly above average, right? But they all have a chance to win their division. But also currently, if the season were to end, you know, this week, the Rangers would be the seventh seed and the Chiefs would be just missing out. They would be, you know, you know, like, like, like the Chiefs are currently the eighth seed in the AFC obviously, which, which doesn't make the playoffs. Right, and so you're looking at that, you're like, you know, this is a division game with two teams that have a chance to win their division plus two teams that are really right in the thick of that playoff fight, you know, you know, with, with the Patriots and the Steelers and the Colts and the Browns, right? It's like those teams that are all fighting for that last spot, that are all at above a forty percent chance of making the playoffs. This game matters so much. And I you I know, mean, I, I gotta go with the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders have shown an ability this year to, you know, play when it matters and to, you know, be able to come and come back from all the craziness and, you know, yeah. all the wild stuff off the field. And so I think that there's there's a really good chance of them, you know, being able to do well, and I think that I, I believe in them a lot more than the Chiefs, which is a surprising thing to say because, you know, last year they were so crazily inconsistent, and the Chiefs were so good. But this year, the Raiders are again, you know, the Chiefs have a higher ceiling than the Raiders, but the Raiders have a much higher floor than the Chiefs because they play consistently week after week, even if they lose yeah. sometimes and they win sometimes, but they play consistently at the same level, and that's what it takes to be a good team you know, in the, in the league, um, you know, a team that's going to be like a playoff contending team. So I got the Raiders. Uh, Finally, we got with a Monday night game. uh, We got the Rams headed to San Francisco to play the 49ers. I got to pick the Rams. I mean, the 49ers, I continue to stand by my statement. The 49ers are bad. They always have been. Um, And I, I think similar to the Cowboys, like I said, in my mind, the Cowboys and the Rams played such similar games last week where their team just sort of fell apart and they lost badly to a team they probably should have won. And so now it's an opportunity for them to come and play a bad team and, you know, get a win back against them. Um, And I think that that's, that's what I'm expecting the Rams to do. Who do you got?
1: I'm with you. I think again, the the Niners have shown me no ability to be successful um, outside of everything going their way. And the Rams are a very, very good football team. And yeah, The Niners in particular really struggle in pass defense. And the Rams have one of the best receiving cores in the league. So I think the Rams are going to pick them apart.
0: Yeah, well, and it's like it's also important to keep in mind that, like, in terms of, like, an away game, this is like a, you know, 45-minute flight, right? You know, this is, like, one of the closest away games a team is going to have. So it's, like, in terms of, like, they're not going to be jet-lagged. You know, that's the same time zone. It's all of these things, right, that it's, like, the things that, like, make away games tough, you know. And it's, like, the Rams play, you know, with a majority opposing fans at home games or because they don't have any fans either, right? So, you know, there's not much difference between if this game was played in L.A. or in San Francisco, and I think the Rams are just a better team in general. Um, so, yeah, that's... That's what I think. Uh, in terms of games to watch this week, I think Vikings Chargers should be fun. Yeah, I think Brown. I mean Chiefs Raiders. Yeah, Chiefs Chiefs Raiders will be great. That's a it's a good pick for Sunday night. I think it's always good when the Sunday night games are like rivalries and stuff because they're always just sort of fun atmospheres at the very least. But that should be that should be a game that I think tells us a lot about the playoff picture. You know, if you know if, if one team dominates, that'll tell us a lot. And if it, they play close, that'll tell us a lot too. I think. Um, Browns and Patriots is going to be, you know, kind of boring to That's watch probably, do. but that'll, that'll tell us a lot about the playoffs as well. And then I think Seahawks-Packers will be interesting just because of the dynamics of the two quarterbacks coming back from, you know, their various reasons they've been gone, as you might say. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a bunch of interesting games uh, this week. And hopefully I can beat you on pickums. Um, I hope not. I hope a lot of my upsets come true this week. Yeah, although we, 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 we made a lot of the same picks, though, actually. So uh, chances <laughs> are we'll have the same score. Uh, but we will see, and we will see next week.